0: Live from the 607, it's the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour, where we're talking everything going on in the world of sports. Join in the conversation on social media with the hashtag ODPH, because here we go. Welcome back for another edition of the ODPH podcast, better known as... The Ocho Duro Parlay Hour. What is going on, everybody? Thank you so much for joining us this week. My name is Ken M. Joining me in studio, as always, you know him. He's the co-host. His name is Padawan Jay. Hello, hello, hello. Also joining us in studio, the other co-host. You know him as a senior sports editor of the ODPH podcast. He is your coach. He is my coach. He is the coach. Coach Duffy. I'm glad to be back.
1: Uh, the couch was delivered safely last week. It was a hell of a of a, of a 24 hours, as we had to prepare our house for a delivery of an m- enormous couch, which my, had my wife in a tizzy. So it was mission accomplished,
0: all things went smoothly, and now I'm back. Well, we we're glad to see you back. We're glad to have our listeners back. If you're first-time listening to the ODPH, thank you for giving us a shot. We definitely like to interact with you, so definitely join in the conversation on social media. You can find all our accounts, the T Public Store, which there is a sale going on currently right now, Links to the Twitch channels for live stream and so much more at OchoDuroParlayHour.com. And always remember to use the hashtag ODPHPod. But let us kick off this edition, since we're going to be talking sports, movies, TV, and comics, with probably the biggest story going on this weekend and the reason Coach had to get a new couch. Zack Snyder's Justice League finally debuted after all the hoopla, after all the story, after everything involving it. It finally dropped on HBO Max. I already watched it twice. I was going to say, this one has been a polarizing topic amongst the panel for years now, ever since the original movie dropped with Zack Snyder's vision of the DCEU uh, unfortunately being changed due to uh, a tragedy in his family. He had to step away from the project. Joss Whedon took over. So the vision of DC's greatest superheroes was changed. The film debuted with a lot of mixed opinions, to put it mildly. Not the big box office bombshell that everybody thought it was going to be more like a sinking ship and Warner Brothers was kind of standing in the shadow of DC or Disney and Marvel, rather. So DC had to take a very, very big hit on that. And then a couple years after, we started hearing rumors of this Snyder Cut. Jason Momoa, who played Aquaman in the film, Ben Affleck, who played Batman in the film, were all mentioning how there is a totally different version of this movie that has to see the light of day somehow. Then social media took over, and the power of a hashtag... Whether you love it or hate it, took hold of Twitter and social media, and that is hashtag release the Snyder Cut.
2: It took hold of the world because let's not forget there was like the Oscars or whatever it was uh, where they flew a plane over said uh, award show like you see at the beach when it's saying, oh, hey, come to you know Johnny's Crab Shack and, and try our crab cakes type of thing. But it was like hashtag release the Snyder Cut.
1: Well, I hope that Snyder was teasing with panels and, and uh, uh, storyboard that he was releasing on whatever one of those social media sites yeah. uh, slowly yeah. as like the year went on, especially once, you know, the um, Ween cut came out, you know, he really started showing um, the storyboards of what he was going for. And then, you know, the the push from those two guys really started to help make the movement.
0: Yeah. Once it was come to the light of day that there was a different version of the film, fans wanted to see it. And for fans of this version of DC this was a very big deal. It has become toxic at times. let's not be on or let's be honest about it let's yeah. let's not yeah. co- cover that up. It's been an unfortunate part of fandom that you've seen a lot of ugly reaction to this mm-hmm. to make this film happen. So when it was announced, obviously some people wanted to see it some people didn't. and then it was finally break, breaking through that with HBO Max coming, they were going to release the Snyder cut yep. on the service. We didn't know what to expect. We heard so many different rumors of what was going to go on. Zack Snyder was reshooting everything. The budget, we kept hearing
2: crazy numbers involving. Initially, it was going to be like four one-hour episodes that were going to be released. I'm not sure if they ever said if it was going to be released all at once or Mm. on a weekly basis. It flip-flopped. Yeah, you heard everything. But the only thing we had heard for certain was that it was going to be released in like four one-hour segments.
0: Yeah, so we were all kind of waiting in heightened anticipation of what this was going to be because we've heard anywhere between 70 and and $100 million extra. Well,
2: and I think at one point, like initially it was like $35, $40 million or something like that. We're like, oh, okay, well, so like special effects, probably some minor people need to get brought in to like touch some stuff up. But then it was, oh, hey, uh Jason Momoa was seen back on set in the Aquaman costume. Ben Affleck was seen back on set with the Aquaman co- or the, the the Batman costume. You know, Ezra Miller seen back on set with like you started seeing all these big name like core characters back on set, and it was like, okay, wait, what is going on with this movie? Because you're bringing them on. That's a lot more than what you initially said.
0: Yeah, for being a quote unquote director's cut, this is a whole brand new movie. Let's not yeah cover that up either. This is a whole brand new movie that we were waiting to see, and obviously we finally got it released. We are gonna be talking spoilers. So if you haven't seen Zack Snyder's Justice League yet, pause the episode right here, because we are gonna deep dive into this in three, two, one. Pad, what did you think?
2: I thought it was okay. I mean, it was better than the initial release, which not hard to do. That's a very low bar. Mm-hmm. That's that's as if that's if saying Disney and the MCU were to do their own version of the the Phoenix saga, whichever one you want to pick. Like saying it that would be better than either X-Men 3 or Dark Phoenix is again a low bar. Mm. Um, it was better than like I saw better than the original a little too long for my taste. It didn't feel like oh my god, why is it taking so long? But there were points where I'm like okay, you know, this is taking a little bit like why is this still going? Coach
1: I well, first off, I want to start with they should be embarrassed that the Whedon cut was even released. Mm-hmm. There's there's
2: one scene in particular I'm like I'm with a lot of people. This is there was one scene in particular we'll get to in a minute that I'm like why the fuck was this cut?
1: Yeah, I mean it was it that film is an embarrassment to all that was DCU, uh, DCEU. Uh, first, I mean let me just start with the fact that Snyder was given you know the Superman film and then basically told to we need you to create a universe. We need, we need to catch up to, to Marvel, whatever we have to do. So he was bum rushed with putting a Superman, Batman movie out when he really wanted to just do a Superman sequel. And then was given, you know, a justice league movie with having five, having three of the five characters or, three out of seven, I guess you could say, not introduced in any of the films. Right. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you have uh, Flash that you have to work in, you've got Cyborg that you have to work in, and uh, Wonder Woman that you have to really work in, which, I mean, yeah, she was in Batman versus Superman, but really her, uh, oh, and Aquaman, you know, so four. So you really had to intricately work in these characters and their stories and them as people, you know? Like, the whole reason why Marvel worked was because they laid out you know, the uh, core group of the Avengers in their own solo films that you then invested in, and then they teamed up.
2: Well, and, and, and to me, at least before you get to the Snyder Cut, they really didn't give the time to those characters. A lot of folks might not know that they deserved Mm -hmm. because people know Superman. You can like, you see people going down the street. They might not read the comics. They might not see every movie, but they know who they like. It's one of those indelible symbols that the world knows. People know who Batman is. People know who wonder woman is you know some people know who flash is but you still probably would need to need to do a little bit of an intro with that aquaman hard to say you know i know people know who he is but is he really that well known that like if you see the logo will people know who it is hard to say depends on who you ask but when it comes to cyborg you absolutely need an introduction for him because at least in my estimation from growing up when i was a kid and having super friends be like kind of the main source of of entertainment i had for these characters because my parents didn't own the the batman films on vhs they didn't own the superman films on vhs so i didn't really grow up with those i grew up with the super friends reruns Mm. cyborg was not on super friends you know so and especially so, like a character like him you needed an introduction with him and let's face it you really didn't get that
1: and i think that's what you know it was just such a um and then the humor you know the the sophomore childish banter um you know was in the ween cut was just embarrassing to some of the the characters and who they are, you know you want to do that that popcorn um easy pop laugh that you get in Marvel stuff like that's fine, but like that's not bat that's not Batman he's not a cheap pop comic, mm-hmm. you know he is a dark, ominous individual who you know buries himself in, you know, his own um his own world and doesn't really see anything outside of that, you know? And and then, you know, you talk about the fact of the core story being set up to be around Cyborg in the Snyder cut and then him and his backstory being completely cut in the in the Wheaton cut and you get to the point of the Snyder film where, you know, y- you have this compelling part with Cyborg where you're like Oh my God, the stuff that this kid's been through, you know, you're invested in his character this way. Um, And then, you know, his father sacrifices himself in order for them to be able to track down the mother box because they knew, you know, he knew what was at stake. Um, So he sacrifices himself in order for the, the group to get there. You know, now you're really invested in the character because of the sacrifice that he's had to go through. So you're, 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 you're feeling for him, you know? And in, in the, ween, the ween cut, there was none of that. You know, like, Cyborg was just a, a plot point of, oh, look at me. I'm a robot. <laughs> oh, look at me. I'm going to plug into the internet, and I'm going to find the mother box. You know what I mean? Like, it was just – it was brutal. And then Steppenwolf alone, like, my God. Dude, I watched this movie when I watched the Snyder Cut, and the first time he appeared, I'm like, that dude's badass. Mm. That's a dude I'm afraid of. That's a dude that's going to come to Earth and try to conquer the other guy, when you go back and you watch the wean cut, you're like, oh, what chicken shit is this?
2: It almost felt like, and I'm just kind of thinking about it now, it almost felt like he tried to take at least some of the framework from the Avengers film, the first one, and, and kind of bring it in with this. And what I mean by that is you think, of, you think of the Avenger film, so those of you at home, put up the fingers as I read the names, mm-hmm. Iron Man, Thor, Cap, Hulk, uh, Hawkeye, uh, Black Widow, and a, can't think of if I'm forgetting anybody. I think I got everybody.
0: Yeah, you got everybody. So you
2: got six folks, but then you count the folks that are in the Whedon cut of Justice League. That's five. So you tell okay, Iron Man or Avengers one. Yeah, Hawkeye's there, but he's really not a major focus of the film. Yeah, he is with the bad guy stuff. But once he turns good again, he's kind of like background a little bit. Uh, Black Widow, same thing. She's there, but she's kind of just like you know background character. So it's really focused around for heroes. It's focused around Iron Man, Cap, and Thor. Same thing can be said with the Whedon cut of Justice League. Yeah, for his cut, Flash is there, but background character. Aquaman's there, but he's kind of a background character. He's got his moments, but you know, so does Hawkeye in Avengers One. And then you've and then you've got a, a Cyborg who in the Whedon cut there, but he's a background character. It's focusing on their big three: Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman.
0: The problem that DC had from the get-go is they didn't have the groundwork set for a shared universe. Like, right. We, we've, t- we've touched upon that. This, Snyder was thrown into a very weird situation where he had to make s- chicken salad out of chicken shit.
1: That's so- exactly—that is literally the train of thought that I've had since watching the Snyder film and seeing what he was trying to do and thinking about the, ba- the, the Superman—the Man of Steel movie, the Batman versus Superman movie. Like, he was literally given— do this mm-hmm. and make us as good as marvel but we're not going to give you any sort of like support like support that you really need but make it as good as marvel
2: it's also the like fourth or fifth time that he's wanted to put out a movie and he goes oh i want to make it x minutes long yeah yeah can you cut that in half i mean look at some of the instances in the past Batman v superman the theatrical cut not good Extended cut better. Well, because I mean, think about the intricate plot points yeah. that were missed in
1: the edit. Like, it's, yeah. and that's the same shit here. I mean, the, I mean, just alone, the opening scenes mm-hmm. of the movie, Superman in the Snyder Cut, stat, the opening, the Superman, so the opening scene in the Snyder Cut is Superman being killed at the hands of uh, Doomsday. 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 And the scream that he let out, seeing the airwave and the shockwave, the sim, the symbolicism of that, meaning that he was tied to the mother boxes, being that he was the protector of Earth where these mother boxes were. Them all of a sudden now reacting to his death, you know? And then versus the, the wean cut where it's Batman capturing some bad guy on the top of a rooftop, putting him over. Oh, what are you doing this for? <laughs> They smell fear. Who smell fear? What, what's going on here? And then all of a sudden we're living in a world where parademons are just, they've been here? And then he captures one, he shoots it, and explodes, and then three mother boxes appear. So then when all parademons die, all mother boxes appear out of their wa- laid waste body? Like, it's just like, that's campy, it's hokey, it makes no sense, versus this cut where we're given this, this epic just Superman's death and what it meant to the world that we live in. In you know, in the film and the impact that it had, that, that alone, that opening five minutes, I was like, "I'm here for this."
0: Well, they had wanted to establish with this Snyder cut it was the direct continuation, which we right. which we missed on his, his opening shot, like you touched upon. The fact that they went did the quick recap for anybody that had forgotten about which helped, because,
2: which helped because I legitimately don't remember if I bought Justice League when it came out on Blu-ray, but I legitimately have not seen that movie since we saw it in theaters. So, admittedly, I remember the story, but good little refresh, you know, the, uh, last episode. Well, it
0: definitely needed to be refreshed. Like, I watched it, again, before I, I went to go see the Snyder Cut, just to kind of compare what I saw. Sure, sure. Because Batman vs Superman, I've been very vocal. I did not like the movie. It's theatrical version is better. Or the, not, the, the, not the, no, extended, the, extended the extended cut, it, rather. Right. I'm sorry. Yeah. But I just saw too much story trying to make sh- stuff happen, yeah, and yeah, it just, yeah. it was
2: messy. It's it's the Spider-Man something. Yeah.
0: This, with Wheaton's cut of Justice League... Like you touched upon, he tried making the Avengers over again. You did nothing to introduce Cyborg. You did nothing to introduce Flash. You did very little to do Aquaman. We already knew Wonder Woman because Wonder Woman yeah. is Wonder Woman. Yeah. You tried relying on the audience is smarter than you think, and they are were not for the vision that you were trying to tell. That's why I missed the mark. This one, they hit the ground running with a quick recap, and then we start getting the dark side battle against all of uh, the Amazons,
2: the the Atlanteans.
0: Amazon. Yep. And
1: and a couple landings. I mean, that scene alone, like, first off, let's just talk about what makes sense. Does it make... When you look back at the Weedon cut, does Steppenwolf coming to Earth to try to get the mother boxes and fight that epic fight make any sense versus Doomsday doing that? Or Darkseid, you mean? Or Darkseid, yeah, yeah, yeah. Does that make... No. Like, it makes more sense that Darkseid would come to Earth and try and capture it because he was chasing the throne. And even more so, in that cut, with him, you know... he was he was able to. I, I just it's so it just doesn't make any fucking sense. Like it should have been dark side the whole time,
2: and that's what it was. Well, the thing I got to correct you on is, what the beginning he wasn't looking for the mother boxes. He was looking for the anti
1: life equation. equation, right? Which no, I understand, but I'm just saying in the mm-hmm. Wheaton cut, he was here for the mother boxes. Right. That being Steppenwolf. Right.
3: That
2: was that's what he was chasing. Well, However, then, in Snyder, it was the. Anti-life equation And and Darkseid's whole pursuit of the anti-life equation Is one of my minor gripes with the movie Like, okay, he's on Earth He's fighting the Atlanteans The Amazonians and the Lantern The Corps. Unity The Unity on, on Earth Did you get amnesia? Like, what the fuck? Like, how did you forget where you were when you... Did you just, like, stumble across it? Well, the one
0: thing that I thought they did well is they established Darkseid for people who don't know who he is. Sure. Yes. And that's something that when you deal with a mainstream audience... Yes. ...that is completely enamored with the MCU... You need to take the time to dumb it down for mainstream fans. Oh, yeah. And I'm not meaning that as an insult, but let's face it. There are people that don't know the books.
2: Me, after Avengers 1, when Thanos came out and half the theater was losing their collective minds, Mm -hmm. and I'm sitting there going, who's that?
3: Right.
1: Well, and furthermore, too, with the dark side thing, um, it just made more sense that, well, with the the anti-life equation, what I kind of thought, to Pat's point here, is I just thought he's conquered so many worlds. And he obviously got his ass handed to him that I think he just forgot. He kind of just forgot where yeah. it was because obviously he was pretty beat up after it being having to be carried back onto a ship and just the, the shock and awe. Maybe it was just, and all the things that he's done and conquered earth, like all all these worlds, he just forgot where it was. That's what I kind of took. Well, about you,
0: you have to take it that well. That yeah. He took the L and then he's bouncing back.
1: I, Which, mean, I mean, that kind of, you have to think about that. Like Snyder
0: didn't, Explain that, which is not a usual move for him. Like you would think, like right, yeah. It, it's an it's not unusual. It's not a usual move for him. But for this story, it made sense because yeah. he came to Earth eons ago, right? Oh, I'm saying like the big battle, and then obviously he went away and he was conquering other worlds, right? And I'm saying like normally Snyder like would have been plot detailed
1: enough to be like explain like he would have explained why Dark Side forgot where it was, and they kind of just yeah over overlooked that part of it, which is not a normal Snyder move because.
0: Dude's detail-oriented, you know? Right. So, like I said, he's been more focused on doing a, his world of apocalypse. Right. So it makes more sense that, okay, he didn't get the win here. He's going back, regrouping, going around looking for the anti-life equation. Because that is his whole story. That that mm-hmm. is all his character is focused on in the comics. If anybody's not sure anything about him, it's just Darkseid is the ultimate bad guy of the DCU. Yep. Nobody comes close. I'm sorry. Nobody does. So when they want to establish it, took all of the unity to come together. You had a Green Lantern, you had Amazons, you had Olympian gods. Like let's oh, not yeah. forget, you had yeah. Zeus there yeah. Yeah. with Ares. Yeah, Zeus and Ares teaming
2: together. Let's yeah, say, which don't happen often. It doesn't
0: no. happen often, but that was to establish the gravity of the situation, which I thought they played very well. Yeah, yep. that and battle then, was epic. Yeah, it was epic. It was epic. So Darkseid, like I said, he took the L and then he went away. He's doing conquering other worlds. You want to guess you he, He's just establishing his reign, looking for the anti-life equation. So he went away. But then once the mother box got reactivated, that's when he sent Steppenwolf. And you got to think, right. it's like in wrestling. Mm-hmm. You don't get to fight the head of the faction, you got to go through the ranks first. Right.
1: Well, Steppenwolf so, was coming here to redeem himself for the fault that he did trying to uh, 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 dethrone Darkseid. Yeah. Which is in the con- that's comic book. Oh, that's, that's
0: comic 101. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's
1: what he's done before. Steppenwolf has tried to outshine dark side and he's had to pay penance
2: for it what was it in the original cut with steppenwolf was it just he wanted to do it just because yeah he was just more after the mother boxes more
0: they never established dark side oh, okay. he was after, they avoided that. he was after mother
2: well Excuse um, that, me. no i know they never mentioned dark Side because like the only mention was the omega symbol on the in the nightmare yeah sequence. that was it
0: but other than that they, they okay. stayed away from it Wheaton didn't want to go anywhere near it no he, yeah didn't touch it which i understand but for what you're really trying to establish with steppenwolf It probably could have helped there, but then again, like I said, we're comparing apples and oranges with how this movie was. And then as we start going through more or less the same story, you do see Batman recruiting. You you see a lot of what you saw in the original movie. I do like, however, though, they took the time to really establish Victor Stone, Mm -hmm. a.k.a. Cyborg. So you definitely got that whole story done and Ray Fisher. It
2: it was cool to see the football sequence, which I'd read about Mm -hmm. being filmed like five, six years ago online, I remember when that movie was filming that there were people who were watching a football sequence between GCU and Metropolis, whoever. I was like, oh, this that should be cool to see. Wisconsin. You know, yeah. see him f- playing football, and then it never showed up in the movie.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I, the cyborg plot was fantastic. I mean, I, in particular, you know, the him and, you know, listening to the rec- tape recording that he had from his dad. And him telling him all the amazing things that he can see him doing, uh, and then you see the bear and the bull fighting, and mm-hmm. then he walks into the bank, mm-hmm. and then he delivers the the hundred thousand dollars, and that was the, cool. Linda Reed's bank account. That was cool. Thought that was fantastic because it just showed the gravity of what he can ultimately do if he cho- cho- chooses to do it. You know, he can he can literally be anything and everything.
2: I thought the sequence with Wonder Woman at the start uh, and the bank stopping. Oh my God! The bank robbery was awesome. And so much better. And I gotta say, I got one gripe because if that whole sequence was filmed and cut, why the fuck did you cut the scene out where after Wonder Woman saved the entire building full of people and done the really awesome sliding bullet block where she's blocking an assault rifle magazine from emptying with her wrist? And the little everyone's going out, and the little girl stops and looks at her and goes, "Can I be you like you someday?" And Diana just looks at her and goes, "You can be anyone you want to." Like what a Wonder Woman thing to do! Oh, it is. But if that was supposed to be in the original film, and we don't know, we may never know. But if that was supposed to be in the original film, why in the fuck was that cut? Because that's a that's a comic moment. I don't care if you're I don't care if you're you're Valiant, Image, IDW, Marvel, or DC. Yeah, or dark horse.
0: I don't have any explanation for that. I no. I cannot fathom why they
1: like cut I'm that. Si-
2: like I'm sitting there watching this, going, why the fuck was that cut? That's I, a great scene.
1: I saw that intro, that beginning scene, and was like, this is Wonder Woman. Yeah, mm-hmm. this is you, the introduction. You get- this you get her music. Yeah. you get the the badass throwing the bad guys in the wall versus the little gentle you know paps. And you know the the bomb being destructed, her landing back down. The thing, I the one thing I will say about Snyder, and I commented this when I was watching with Aaron, Snyder's a big fan of the He's wrist. big thing of the bracelets, big fan and of the bracelet. slow motion, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But the bracelets, like I was watching it and I started counting. I'm like, all right, how many times is this bra going to use this? Like, it's, I, I mean, say, it's, she's, boom, boom, she's boom. done
2: it more times in Batman v Superman and. This version of Justice League than probably her two movies uh, come, for, come sure. Oh, for, for sure. for sure.
1: I mean, it was literally every time she was in a she, fight, she, was she used finisher. Yeah, it,
0: yeah. It, it was absolutely crazy to see how much she was <laughs> utilizing that. But, Which is whatever. I mean, if you if you like something, but, you fall in love with it, you use it. You know what? I had no issue with because the one thing you want to establish with Wonder Woman is how badass she sure. is, sure, and how she is one of the most feared warriors in the entire DCU. Yeah. So she's not going to be sitting there just not coming with everything in it. She was really making a point to establish how badass she was. Not that we didn't already know from Batman vs. Superman. But right, this was but just this a whole, was a whole,
1: nother, whole her level. In,
0: that introduction, that opening fight scene in the bank
1: yeah. was such yeah. just the gravitas yeah, of oh. her entrance and the 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 levity of her just boom 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 bam bam you know like all of that all the fighting and all that stuff it was like that's the type of Wonder Woman character that I know and and have seen in her movies yes um and then you know Flash too with his stuff I mean here was a character who and I uh, Aaron and I had talked about this too in the wind cut was a chicken shit
3: mm-hmm. he yeah. was
1: a chicken shit pansy who oh, I'm scared you know I've never fought anybody before all I've ever done was kind of push somebody you know but then here he is there there's the bridge scene yeah. which before he was like afraid to cross and then like a wonder woman goes don't engage anybody without doing it together or, and, and, and then he's
2: across the bridge and in the whedon cut he fanboys like no which too he still does in this one but they tone it down a little bit a lot yeah they tone th- it
0: down a lot they tone it a lot i will admit i'm not the big ezra miller fan i just he's I, all right and, and he's all right in this i but I, I wasn't exactly blown away by his performance. Yeah. I did thought I did like though they gave him a little more background. Yeah, I he- liked him
1: better in this because I was the same as you. I left the Ween cut saying, "Oh, Grant Gustin's better at Flash than him." Well, yeah. And then I left this movie, and I was like, "All right, I'm not mad about it. I think I'm I'm excited to see his movie." Now see,
0: I'm okay with it. Like I'm, yeah. not, I'm, but I'm not excited about the movie in general. Yeah. Okay. Like like for the for me for the Flash movie. I need to see a trailer. Sure. Because, well, yeah. Be, be, sure. Because I don't believe this thing is gonna get ever get made. I'm <laughs> at that level. This is New Mutants for me.
2: Gotcha. That I'm I, HBO Max. No, so. I mean yeah.
1: I get what you're saying because I feel the same way too. But like I'm just saying from I'm I'm more optimistic than I was prior. with the wean cut
2: because I was like this dude ain't Flash. No. See, yeah, and see for me. The easiest way I can compare it is he's kind of like the Timothy Dalton and James Bond. Like, Timothy Dalton's okay. Like, I don't hate him. I don't love him. So it's like, eh, okay. Like, Ezra Miller. Don't hate him. Don't love him. So, eh, okay. Yeah,
0: like, I've never been a big fan of his. But I didn't mind him in this much. Like, I thought Ray Fisher came off great as of Cyborg oh my in this. God. and he was he was the backbone of the entire team. Like, yeah. he, he was absolutely yeah. perfect for what uh, Snyder was trying to establish here. Miller was okay. Like I say, he had his his moment where you met Iris and they yeah, went through a quick cool. origin. It was a nice thing, and obviously they kept a lot from obviously dealing with his dad and such. Sure, so for him the the story didn't change too much, but you did get to see a lot more of his powers. Well, because
2: I think at that point they were we they were planning on doing a Flash movie. You would have figured they would have you know uh, kind of lightly sprinkled in the origin story there, but then delved into it further with the Flash solo film. But obviously they're not doing that now, right?
0: But they really took the time to establish those characters. So by the time you got to Superman coming back to mm. the, in the resurrection scene. Okay. Yeah. I mean, first off, Flash being able to already control um, uh, time. Speed you yeah. And you speed know, some speed
1: force. Like, what a change in pace that was so from is, the and cut.
2: So is this before or after he met up with Grant Gustin? Hmm.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
2: that's going to be something is that some, is that something? About. Is that something he learned from meeting up with grant or is it something he knew probably
0: oh, i would love that easter egg to get answered on I'm, the tv show
1: i mean it's just it's funny in the sense that you know before he had no idea of his powers or what he was really fully able to do and then in this movie he's a confident you know strong uh guy you know because then going in misses the timing on the mother boxes yeah um and then relines it pulls it back out and then touches it right as it touches the water i mean that was a great scene yeah and the, i mean the the flashback that or flash forward that cyborg had you know to the doomsday uh, ultimately winning or not dark side ultimately winning Superman right you know holding what I, we all assume probably was uh, Lois mm. in the bat in the bat cave um, that that was a powerful scene with tons of imagery and everything like
0: Snyder does <laughs> well they want to really establish for what his vision was and I mean he had three movies planned out with this right mm-hmm. so with this you knew it was gonna come down to Superman being a focal point of the show. And they did a great job to establish about him bringing back and the consequences of doing this. The gravity of the situation was really established here. Yeah. And I thought they played it off very well. And, to see him come back. Oh wait,
2: well, and I want to say this movie explained a lot better why oh. they, why they needed to bring him yes, back. Yes, more so than because that was one thing I remember with the original was just like, oh hey, we just we need to bring Superman back because reasons. Mm-hmm. because we, we need him. We but, need him. But with this one, you had you. So when you think of the MCU, you think of like Thor and Hulk being like the heavy hitters, the guy yeah. that like all right, we need to take down you know a giant Chitari, whatever the hell that thing was. Hulk, Thor, go. Mm-hmm you know, Aquaman and Wonder Woman are in that, when Superman's not there, are in that same kind of class. They're like, all right, we need to take down a lot of strong guys. You two, go get them. Like, them going up against Steppenwolf and being like, uh, this ain't good. We're getting our butts kicked a little bit. We need help.
0: Yeah, which, when Superman came back, he reestablished the connection with Lois and Martha, well, it took off. That scene alone was better. I mm-hmm. mean, first off, comes out, they do the whole, the,
1: that fight, that initial fight scene, all the same, which was perfect. Yeah, yeah. But the change of... Batman being like, "Uh, Alfred, we need the secret weapon. And then all of a sudden, the Maybach pulls up. The door opens up. You know, here's Lois being the secret weapon. We didn't have that bullshit Superman, ba- Superman grab Batman. Do you bleed? You know, and all that. Martha. line. Yeah, we also didn't have the the other line that um, Batman, after he gets chucked, gets up. Oh, God, my back. You know, we didn't have any of that campy bullshit. Yeah. It was Lois was there because she was visiting the grave of her dead lover mm-hmm. and and was walking back to the Daily Planet and then, boom, sees her sees Superman flying in the air and she's like, oh, shit, I better get back there. Made way more sense. Yeah. And the timing of her getting there as Superman's, first off, Superman using his heat vision because that's what Supes does instead of this... Patty cake bullshit! No, no, no! I'm going to laser you to death because I have heat vision. That was perfect because that's what he would do. Why would he sit here and pussyfoot around? No, I'm just
2: gonna and laser you to death. So he's
1: doing that to Batman as Lois is walking up.
2: Way better visiting her dead lover. Which they were dropping some hints. If you weren't paying attention before she went to said grave yes. site, uh, if you if if you didn't notice, there's a scene. I think it's might be when she first appears in the movie. I could be wrong. Mm-mm. Uh, But she's laying in bed. She gets up and decides to go and, you know, go back about her day and, you know, kind of get back things back together in her life. She opens the drawer on her uh, bedside table, and what is sitting inside said bedside table?
0: Pregnancy test. Pregnancy it test. Was,
2: that was after Martian Manhunter visited her. Um, yeah, yeah, which
0: how cool was that?
2: I was sick. Yeah, yeah it which was great. We heard rumors. Well, he we was knew. Film. We knew that's who he was. Well, that yeah. that actor was was Martian Manhunter. But he because is
1: Snyder said so. Yeah. Well, he also had said that he filmed scenes as Martian Manhunter right. that just weren't used.
0: Right. Right. So we knew that we we're going to see him eventually. Yeah. We did a little tease when he went to talk to Lois Lane, and obviously they're setting up the stage that Lois is pregnant with Superman's kid. Or at least trying. Or at least there, yeah. there's some kind of little footnote. Carrying to the bass- She's carrying the bassinet at the end of the movie. So. Yeah. yeah. But this also goes to they reconnect there, and the team is going on their final mission, too, because they have to stop And Wolf. They know the gravity of the situation. They have a great fight sequence. Oh, my God! For oh, which, how uh, much better was this? Can I just get to my gripe real quick? Though? Yeah, sure. Uh, the
1: black suit. No, oh, that was cool. I my problem is that they didn't explain the gravity of what the black suit meant. And for me, being a Superman fan, like the black suit means like the rejuvenation of mm. his cells because he can't. You know, he's been buried, so like he hasn't seen the yellow sun, so he's depleted. So every time he does yeah. use his powers. He, you know, is getting drained essentially, yeah. and they're not being replenished as fast. So that's why he dons the black suit. I just wish they would have touched on it in some way.
2: I wish they would have teased it too, because there was the two instances in the movie. I think the first time when they were going bringing the coffin into the ship. To resurrect him. And then the second time when he went back to the ship, where in both instances, they started, like, the suits started. The pods, yeah. The pods started opening, and you saw the colorless suit, and you saw the colored suit. And I think you saw maybe, like, a hint or an homage to the animated series Mm -hmm. where you you saw the space suit, like you wore in the cartoon. You know, so I I thought, oh, maybe we're going to see a little tease of the, like, we know it's coming, you know, well, maybe we'll see a tease of the black suit. Because,
1: like, Aaron, when that when he put on the black suit, she's just like, oh, why? Like, that's a cool suit, but why? And I had explained, like, it's because he needs the yellow sun and it helps him absorb it faster. And she's like, oh, that makes, you know, like, that was one of those moments that's like, you could have.
2: Yeah, like five seconds.
1: Yeah, like, he could have just landed and Alfred said, oh, new colors. And he could have said. I've been buried for the last six months, man. I, I mean, need to. You could. You could need have, some
2: energy. You could have added on another thirty seconds yeah. to another minutes of his yeah, right ni- of his nineteen minutes of screen time. Yeah, yeah. They definitely
0: could have done something there. I didn't have a huge issue with it until sure. later. I did have an issue with the black suit later. Sure, but oh, but, okay. I'll, but I'll get All into right. that though. That's fair because obviously they do the reconnection with Lois and Martha, and it's a great scene there. And Superman is coming into his own. The team is now going into their final battle, which the the fight was absolutely epic it's what it's you so much better yeah it's what you wanted it, to see the the again grab the gravity mm-hmm. was there you
1: felt the the urgency you know like this was you know we are in trouble. like we're up against it we're we're it's the fourth quarter. It's about thirty seconds left, and we're we, we gotta get the ball, and we don't have any timeouts, and we're down seven.
2: I was just glad the scene where Aquaman gets caught in midair and fights in midair was still in the movie. Yes, yeah. that's the one thing I wanted to see kept in the movie, and it was, so I'm happy. And well, the, and the my man,
1: my man. I also I liked Batman more in this scene too because obviously um, the original plot of this was Batman was going to you know not make it through this battle. Right. Um. So you saw the his sense of. I'm willing to sacrifice myself going in there first shutting the lights off and then the pair of demons opening it and then you know the Batmobile coming out and just being
2: badass yeah that and, was that was cool and I definitely think they handled him fighting at least better in this movie because, oh yeah because when they set up the plan of oh we're gonna go to the dome we're gonna do X y and Z he's like you all go do that you can <laughs> ha- you can handle that I can't I'm gonna use my toys yeah I'm
1: I'm rich so I'm going to use the things that I have at my disposal. He was very
0: smart in the portrayal. Ben yeah. Affleck as as Bruce Dude, Wayne, I have no issue with. I, I, I'll
1: go down to saying he's the best overall Batman slash Bruce Wayne we've had. Yes. Because he does both really good. Yes. It's, it's for debate. I, no, I, I mean, no, 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 no. Like, like, I'm
0: not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying it's, it's a good argument. To, because-
1: me, to me, it was, you know, when you talk about the guy, I mean, I know we're sidebar here, but the guys who, like, played Batman have all done a fairly good job. But mm-hmm. when you talk about somebody who can do both at the same time, uh-huh. nobody's really landed that. And I thought yeah. Ben Affleck did both really well. Because you believed him as Batman because the dude was an absolute beast in that suit. And that fight scene in Superman-Batman where he's ripping guys through boxes, sick. And then he takes off the suit and he he's Batman, yeah, or he's Bruce Wayne, and you're like, oh that that, yeah. that guy carries himself a different way. It, it felt
2: like two separate people. Yeah. Whereas as good as Christian Bale is, and as great as those Christopher Nolan movies are, the scenes where it's Bruce Wayne don't feel outside of maybe uh, Dark Knight, where he's at the dinner with with Harvey. Sure. Mm-hmm. You know, outside of that scene, or the, or the one where he he buys the the restaurant and dines in the pool with the the girls. Outside of the, like those two scenes. A majority of those scenes, for me at least, it feels like, oh, that's just Batman pretending to be an average person.
0: Yep. I can see that point. Yeah. I mean, for me, it's tough because I think to be Batman, you have to bring something to the character. Sure. And I think Affleck knew coming off the Daredevil backlash he had that he needed to really step up and deliver on this. And I think, right. I think Snyder brought something out of him. For this role. Dude, I just...
1: The beginning of Batman Superman, when he lands the chopper and he runs into the debris, Mm -hmm. that was the most Batman Bruce Wayne thing, I think, I I, from that moment. Like, literally, the first five minutes, I was like, he's Batman. Like, that's Batman and Bruce Wayne. So, when he's in this movie, and he's, you know, Alfred is giving him shit, like, just... You know, you don't ra- don't read the, don't wave the red flag or uh red towel at the bull, you know, at the charging bull. And he's just like, I have to, I have to do this. Like this is on me. I fucked up. I gotta own this. Yeah. I've got to make things right. And him just, you know, and Alfred obviously, you know, playing the the devil's advocate here of, you know, being on his shoulder like, you know, are you sure you know what you're doing, Bruce? And Bruce being like, no, I have to do this. This is on me. That's Batman. Like that's the gra- that's the to- type of of mentality that Batman has. Like, I fucked up. I need to take ownership. I need to fix this. And Ben Affleck, you know, really captured that, and especially in this fight scene where he's like, I'm outgunned, but I know that what I can do is distract them so
0: you guys can do the saving, and I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. And I thought he played it off very well. And then even to talk about Alfred, since he brought up with Jeremy Irons' scene with Henry Cavill. Oh, oh that was good. We, good. we know it got released. So right. We This was not a super new scene for us. No. But to see it actually play out a little bit, yeah, yeah, and to see how Superman finally joins the team, albeit though, oh, God, when he when he makes oh, his arrival, I popped so hard. Oh yeah, you, you want to talk so about hard. an epic moment? Oh
1: my God! I mean, first off, Cyborg already there working on the mother boxes, is trying to figure that stuff out, and instead of being behind him and saying. <laughs> I know something about justice. No, he flies in, swoops in as Steppenwolf's about to lay waste to Cyborg, and catches the blade on the shoulder and says,
3: "Not, not impressed."
1: Not impressed. Not impressed, my guy. And then blows it, punches it, breaks his uh, axe, and then just absolutely lays waste to him. That was in Ganu, UFC uh, like two twenty-five when he was just when uh, when he became the Soul Taker. I mean, that was that. He's boom.
2: Boom. But I, I got fired up. I was watching this and I was like, oh, oh let's go to the gym, man. It, it, it was a better scene. It also, I feel, did a better seat, job of them fighting his unit. Whereas with mm-hmm. the Whedon cut, it felt like, oh, Superman came in, LOL. You know, like with, with Cena when he was wrestling, LOL, Cena wins. Yeah. So the Whedon cut, it was LOL, Superman wins. You know, he came in. Bing bang boom, fights over, done, over and done with. Not the case. He helped and he pushed the needle back in their favor. Right, but it wasn't an easy one, two, three win. Well,
1: because they were holding their own, but they were starting to. Yeah, Steppenwolf was starting to get advantage. Dark Side was, you know, looming. Parademons were outnumbering them, and then Superman comes in and right at the right opportunity and just dominated the way that Superman should dominate. Mm-hmm. That was that was the thing to me that was like this. That
0: Superman. With how little that scene was, that fully established the importance of Superman coming back to that team. Facts. That just that whole moment where he took out a much better CGI Steppenwolf <laughs> and his weapon too yes. uh-huh. which had been laying waste to everybody the entire movie. Everybody. The fact Superman took the best shot, basically laughed it off and destroyed it right in front of him. And then grounded and pound. And just absolutely took him out. That is why they timed it so well. And to the viewer at home, you connected. Why? Yeah. Like, we all know Superman is Superman. Oh, yeah. And you know what, though? You know what was cool, too, was Cyborg does get cut in half in the,
1: in the Whedon film. Mm-hmm. Right. So I'm sitting here, like, waiting, assuming that he's going to get cut in half. Yeah. So I'm watching, I'm watching, I'm watching, and then here he comes. And, like, the uh, for Dark side, I'm like, oh, no. Cyborg's about to get cut in half. Like, what are we going to do here? And then Superman comes in. I was like... It was like uh, you know a false finish in wrestling. Yeah. You know I was like, oh my god, the, he's not going to get cut in half. But Superman, what? Like my head exploded. I was so excited because I was waiting for the cut in half. So the Ween film helped <laughs> in oh, a yeah. sense.
0: It, it definitely helped on, to kind of really give you a, a benchmark of what to look at. But the Snyder one really gave that big fight feel to the movie. Yeah, which, oh, yeah. which to get the Justice League to fight. You need that. That's one of the struggles, right. if you're a comic book creator for it, you need to have every moment be life or death, the planet's going right. like to go. and that's the thing that, that this
1: movie captured was the importance of why they're together. Mm-hmm. Versus like,
0: you know, the Ween film, it was just like, oh, we're just
1: coming together because the mother boxes and we, we, got, we got a
2: free hour, why don't we team up? Yeah, yeah,
0: no, this one fully established why they formed and why they came together. Like every The, the questions that I always have in my box watching movies... They checked off for this. Yeah. And like I said, when they had to finally stop the mother boxes from merging to form the unity, I know I misspoke oh. earlier because I, when that whole scene was going on, like yeah. I'm so used to th- thinking unity and Valiant Comics and sure. oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. that I completely like took it out of this context that the unity was everything forming together and basically forming the end of the world. Right. They do fail, which mm-hmm. I thought was a smart play by them. Same. Because if it had just been, oh, we stopped it, everybody goes home safe, you did not get the full impact of the story. Dude, I thought when they failed that we were like,
1: oh, shit, we're getting a yeah. flashpoint now. Yeah. Like, he's going to do this now because he
0: has to. And, I mean, we get a, a smaller version of it. We get a smaller version, version of because it. Ezra Miller's Barry Allen decides to go back in time and
2: fix things. Right. Well, and he says, Dad, I'm going to break the one rule, which leads me to believe he's done that before. Right, yes. which I thought was – because I, I
1: fully expected, like, they lose – Oh shit! This is we're leading right to dark side conquering Earth. Like they're gonna they're gonna show this, mm-hmm. and then when he starts reversing time, because I mean he was wounded, so I didn't yeah. know if it was gonna heal yeah. or not. Um, you know, obviously then he reverses time, and then again showing the importance of Flash in this film versus the last movie that he. What did he do during the, the last fight scene? Nothing. In Whedon film, save that Forgot family about. in the truck. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. that was it. That was a wrap. That was the wrap yeah. for Flash during this fight scene. Meanwhile, in this one. If he's not there, they don't they lose.
0: Period. Right. You know. No, it was fully well played out, and obviously when they get the reset, they decide to go completely over the top. But I wasn't mad about it because when Wonder Woman came in, and- well, I mean, I first the next thing too with them separating the boxes, yeah, with
1: Cyborg not having to do the line, you know, calling for Superman, and then the cheesy like, oh, you know, I hope we can do this because I want to live in Superman. Like, yeah, I'd like to live too. Like, no, that line's gone. It's mm-hmm. Superman. Pull the boxes. Done. Steppenwolf getting up. Superman sees it. All right, fatality time. The punt. You know, uh, Aquaman spears him. Superman with the punch, and then go ahead
0: with the one. Wonder, Wonder woman. woman cuts his head off.
3: Yeah. bam! <laughs> and then as
0: Darkseid is watching because yeah. the portal is opening, uh-huh. up, they literally throw the body and the head through the
2: portal and are just standing there like. You're next. Well, and, and I love when Superman's standing there, and he watches him, and then he turns away, and he's just, like, saying, I'll deal with you later.
3: Oh, yeah. yeah.
1: Superman, standing there, staring at Darkseid, front and center. That was, that like, that was the moment that I think everybody needed because everybody else is there. You know, Wonder Woman, Aquaman, they're standing there like, all right, bring it on. But no, 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 Superman's looking at him with this look like, I've seen your type before. That's the tease. Yeah. yeah, like I've seen that. I've seen you before, and I, I ain't afraid of your bullshit. Like that's what Superman was saying to me. And again, like I'm fucking getting fired up right now because that literally was like that. Fucking is Superman. Like that's that guy. Like he's the guy who's like, you like like Goku for like you know your Dragon Ball Z. Like the, they're they're fearless. Mm-hmm. They know that shit's up against you know the the their back and they're not afraid of it.
0: Yeah, no, they played it very well, I, and I thought. Albeit, though, the Wheaton or the Snyder versus is very darker and a little more violent. Fine. Sign me up. I really did. I, you know what? I didn't have an issue with how this was getting portrayed. No. Like, I know that's been a lot of feedback that I've been hearing from other view- listeners and viewers of the show uh, that everybody's been kind of talking about it. And it's like, for me, I wasn't that mad about it no. because this is a, a totally different take on the DCU. Exactly. That we don't have this being the nice, shiny, happy place that Marvel is. They wanted it to go in a different direction, they fully established it. I was marking out the the fact they cut the head off, and I, I was like, I had no issue with it because if you know Wonder Woman, she does this, she stuff does in the that, she is, does is, that is, shit. Yeah, this is yeah. This, 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 like for people like we're losing their mind. I'm like, how? Say if you're how?
2: if you're basing your knowledge off of the animated series, be they Justice League, Justice League Unlimited, or any of the animated movies outside of the last Justice League Dark movie, because goddamn, uh, or even, like, Super Friends, that is not the expectation to go into these films. No, I mean, and, I
1: mean... And even more so, like, all right, so, yeah, the first Avenger film was very campy, very, you know, easy, cheap pop. Yeah, which, which is fine. Where have they taken their, their movie genre since then? Not that route. they have distanced themselves so much from the campy, go-home humor that it obviously shows that over a longevity of a time that that just doesn't work. Like, when you make a superhero movie, there needs to be a conflict, there needs to be some sort of setback, and there needs to be a step over that step back. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what this movie tackled. There was Steppenwolf, the mother boxes, everything working against them, needing Superman, and then the step over the
0: top to finish the job. Yeah. No, this one had so much, and then when you get to the epilogue, too, which, I mean, we'll just kind of fast forward that... When Bruce Wayne gets back, he gets with Alfred, they set up the Justice League headquarters. Well, they're they're planning it out. They're planning it out, and obviously they're saying we got room for more members. We do see that Barry Allen gets his happy ending. Yep. Victor Stone now is basically inspired to be a hero and just... Is completely living off his father's sacrifice, which, I mean, who saw that one coming? Right.
1: I mean, yeah, we didn't even touch on that. But, like, without him, they don't track down the mother boxes because, again, they weren't just set up in some random Russian town that they were able to sense, you know, all the – Paranormal activity. Like, no. Like, they had, they couldn't find him
0: because he was in a completely abandoned space. Yeah. Which made way more sense. Oh, everything ought to made more sense. And, obviously, they send Aquaman on his own adventure. Superman is taken up the stat quo. Obviously, Bruce Wayne buying his family's uh, farm Fucking, via the bank. Yeah, and here's the funny thing.
1: There was still humor in this movie.
0: Yeah, yeah, there was. <laughs> I still laughed a couple times. So, like,
1: where was all this dark, ominous stuff that, like, made people were going to leave being depressed? Because
2: I left being like... <laughs> Also, that's, I, I think the funniest line of the movie was probably in that epilogue because, you know, Ken's house gets put up for sale, foreclosure, this and that, and they and the house is bought back. They're moving all the stuff back in, and and, Br- and Clark looks at Bruce and goes, how, how did you get the house back? Well, I bought the bank. Yeah. And I'm I like, mean, yeah, yep, that's a Batman thing. It was, it yeah. was, a,
0: it was a smooth line, which like I can say, they did inject some humor in this. I mean, yeah. it wasn't all dark and brooding, but they balanced it out very well. And then even when we get to the epilogue, which, I mean, this whole scene... We get the bonus scene that we saw with Justice League, so I was marking out for Joe Manginello being Slade Wilson. A little Wilson. expanded. A little more expanded. Which well, I, I was, what the original was. Yeah. This was the original ending. Right. Which yeah. A little more expanded, which I was completely fine with. Sure. And then we get... I think the moment of this movie didn't see that coming. I mean, Superman. Well, for you, what
1: the for hat? you it was, but
2: for for me, <laughs> sure. Listen, I'm a Superman guy, and I love this fucking scene. Yeah, I, I love this scene too. Oh, Don't get me fuck. wrong. The dream
0: sequence where you're in the post apocalyptic world, where you have Victor Stone, Barry Allen in a whole new costume. Yep. Mara, who's real pissed off, who's really mad.
2: Oh, you ever you heard that whole line about uh, fearing a woman scorned? Yeah, that's yeah. it. Slade
1: Wilson, who's now working with them, which I mean, let's not forget the whole Batman movie was
0: going to be Slade chasing Batman and yeah. trying to kill him. Which so, still, t- so where did that turn? Something happened uh-huh. there, and then you see Batman meeting up with one Jared Leto Joker.
2: Well, he's not meeting up with him; he's traveling. Well, with
0: he's them. traveling with him, but ah, you know, he's ah, he's at a ah, distance.
2: Ah, and fun fact: neither one of them were on the set at the same time to film
0: this, which is absolutely wild yeah. to see because they're back and forth.
2: Holy shit! That
3: yeah, was,
0: that was that was a masterclass. Deep, and deep, and Jared Leto. I will admit, I was I was okay with his Joker. Yes, yeah.
2: this one scene was better than anything he did for Suicide Squad. Don't Facts. don't send and a boy I, wonder and, to and, do a
0: man's job. Yeah, and I'm
2: not talking about the looks. Sure, like the, yeah. delving in. in basically outright saying the Jason Todd stuff without saying Jason Todd. And I went, Oh, we're going there. What I love. All
1: right. Somebody pointed out in one of the reviews that I watched, like as you watch that scene, like Batman, Joker's just rambling, you know, like he's just talking and Batman's letting him, you know, talk and talk and talk and let him get out. And, you know, first Batman stops him with the, you watch your next word. Mm-hmm. And then he continues to just ramble and ramble. And as you see him rambling, the camera's coming out of focus as if, is Batman paying attention to what he says? And then, as he drops the line about "don't send a boy in to do a man's job," the camera clears and you, it focuses again on you. See the Joker full on picture again. You just know, like the symbolism of that, is Batman was tuning him out, was not paying attention. Yeah,
0: and then he took it to the step that
2: Batman told him not to. That was the closest I think I've ever seen Batman coming to wanting to kill the Joker.
0: And I love it. I love his response. I promised Harley before she died. I was going to kill you slowly. I'm going to fucking do it. Yeah. Oh man. When like, he dropped whoa. Whoa. when he yeah. dropped that hard up. I was talking with Rich from 3 FN about it. We both like said the line like, "Yeah." Yeah, when he's dropped, like I peaked cuz I was like, "Did man just say fuck?" Yeah. What? And then they're interrupted by Superman who is now evil. Evil? We- whoa,
1: he's not evil. He's I mean, he's just miss uh, he's, uh, <laughs> he's been
0: misguided. You can say, well, there's a lot of different directions. They're going to go with this, but we well, find out this is the dream sequence. And Bruce Wayne wakes up and he's visited by the Martian Manhunter, mm-hmm. which I will say i love this team because I'm, I'm a big Martian Manhunter fan. Sure. And he doesn't get enough love. He doesn't. I mean, he has been the heart and soul of the justice league comic for years. Dude, I mean, if it wasn't for him, there wouldn't have been a justice league in the comic, right. Oh, so. oh facts but the only thing I was disappointed about is this scene kind of felt very awkward. Mm-hmm. Like sure. mm-hmm. Martian Manhunter was like, I know you have a team I'm going to join. And, and yeah. Batman was like, uh, <laughs> sure. Hold oh on, bud. Yeah. All right, come on down.
1: Yeah. Like uh, acting, office nothing.
0: hours are from nine to five. You're a little late.
1: What, I,
2: I think it would have worked maybe a little bit better as if while uh, Bruce and Diana and I think Alf- Alfred. Alfred were at the old ruins of the Wayne man. agree. Discussing. All right, here's what we're gonna do this. Here's what we're gonna do that. And he'd walk in and go room for one more.
0: Yeah. He phases in and does that. I would, would have been better, or at least if he showed up to meet Batman, Batman was eating Oreos because if you know that whole symbolism in the comics, it would have been absolutely perfect. Well, I
1: think, yeah, I think the awkwardness was just the timing of it all because it's like, all right, I just got done fighting this epic fucking battle, yeah, and I am trying to sleep, and you're coming in here making all these sonic booms. I'm thinking it's Superman, and I got this green guy who, have you been around the whole time? You- could have joined us last week. I don't know if you heard. Yeah. But we fought, you know, a whole bunch of uh, parademons and 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 Steppenwolf. You a little late for signups, my guy. Yeah. Like that's the way the conversation felt. Like I don't know. Like maybe he could have dropped the, uh, you know, I've been in hiding. Uh, you know, a, a little, little explanation. Yeah, a little explanation done. as to why he wasn't there. Like you know, like we always give Marvel shit because it's like, well, uh, you know, why isn't Captain America helping happen- helping Iron Man during Iron Man three? You know, yeah. like where's he? Uh, the same thing. Like, oh, all right, absolutely. Martian Manhunter, like, we could have used a hand. <laughs> yeah, like, what, what you are you doing? You knew something was going on yeah, because like, you got
2: Lois motivated.
1: Like, you, we could have used the guy. We could have used the manpower here, bro. Like, you want to help out
0: or you just want to let us carry all the weight? Well, I think they would explain that in a sequel, but yeah. we know that there has been some chatter about the future of the Justice
1: League. They're oh yeah, they're going full fire, man. It Whoa. was trending on Twitter about timing of people releasing, you know, the hashtag so that way it went across the uh, you know,
2: earth <laughs> well at certain times. Well
0: Warner Brothers CEO Ann Sarnoff mm-hmm. has said that there is going to be no Justice League two, no Snyderverse reforming, that they're gonna go in a different direction of a uh, she hinted to a, a more shared universe again, Wait, I've, which I've
2: which I've heard rumors of. Which yeah.
0: I, I've heard some rumor yeah. of. But well, the minute that got dropped, restore the Snyderverse started trending. Well, well let's, and
2: especially with shared universe, we're not. From what I've heard, don't just limit it, it to the big screen. Uh, include the small screen with it too.
1: Well, let's see what Flashpoint does. I mean, this well, could and, that, be,
2: well and that's the whole thing. Is uh, I know people would like to see a sequel, and with this, and for me, it's eh. If it comes out cool, if it doesn't, okay. You know, I'm kind of neutral on the fence. But the whole thing of it is, is Flashpoint's probably going to undo all of this. Well, to a degree,
0: it depends on where they want to go with sure. this. Because what I was going to actually ask is, okay, you've you've heard this statement. Obviously, we are very happy with what we saw with Justice League. Yes, and, yeah. and, and Zack Snyder. Yeah, we know that as of right now, as we're recording, there are no plans. Right. My question to you both is, do you think they stick to this plan, Warner Brothers?
2: I think they bring it back in some aspect, and you will, you might see some of the actors and actresses come back. So Gal Gadot, Jason Momoa, you know, may, maybe Henry Cavill if they go that route. But I don't think it'll be back to this. It'll be to something different because there's a lot of bad tastes in a lot of people's mouths for various reasons. That I think they're gonna to want to get a get a semi fresh start off of this, kind of build off of it, but get kind of a fresh start without dealing with some of the baggage that comes with this.
1: I think for me, it's all I'd, like. I said I fully depend. It fully depends on what they do with Flashpoint. I really think that they can um, create a new universe while I don't want to say honoring this one, but mm. like in a way tying it in so that it works and they can snip out some of the baggage. Yeah, and, yeah. And I think with if they are able to do that and if they, you know, if they if they execute it well, I think that they can just continue on post flashpoint and use that universe as the quote-unquote shared universe, but there's a lot of moving pieces with this. You've got the new Batman movies coming out which are going to throw a wrinkle in whether are they shared? Is it not shared? So I think that's also playing a factor in all this and And, you know, the actors, you know, are they going to want to come back to something that's not associated to Snyder? Because a lot of those, you know, those team members, quote unquote, um, were associated because he was tied to the project. You know what I mean? So are they going to want to stay like Ben Affleck? Yeah. You know, if Snyder comes back, would Ben Affleck come back? Probably. He said that he has no interest in playing Batman, but... Would he be if well, Snyder leads?
2: Well, he's coming back for Flash. Right, he's
1: coming back for Flash, right. but only because, I mean, I, I I think that he sees that, you know, a lot of the other guys, you know, the actors are coming back, but, like, would he want to continue in
0: that role post-Flashpoint? See, here's where I'm kind of torn on this. I think that they do come back. I think that with the feedback that they got, and I don't know any numbers yet, we heard that there was more people watching this Snyder cut this weekend then there was falcon and winter soldier it, which I'll, it's narrow it which, the number i saw it's it's, it's narrow yeah. i got to i got to look it up cuz i retweeted okay it. you can look what i'm talking um <laughs> i just i don't i don't know how that pans out but if this generated that many numbers, and this generates that much subscription
2: dollars. All right, here we go. Uh, so this is from right. a gentleman by the name of Rick Porter, uh, who is a, uh, his bio reads, Part-time teacher's aide, last, Amer- last American man without a podcast. Uh, he said, quote, this was uh, tweeted on at 6.01 p.m. on uh, March 22nd, quote, Uh, Breaking, world-straddling media giant claims latest part of enormous franchise was heavily watched over the weekend. Numbers coming in three to four weeks when Nielsen releases its streaming figures for March 15th uh, to 21st. Meanwhile, analytics company Samba TV says the Marvel DC face-off was fairly close by its metrics. 1.7 million U.S. households for, for Falcon Winter Soldier... $1.8 $1.8 for Justice League, and that's with a five-minute viewing threshold. Holy sugar. Cookies, so it was, it was closer than you think. So Falcon Winter Soldier, according to Samba TV, their analytics uh, said that 1.7 million U.S. households watched at least five minutes of Falcon Winter Soldier and 1.8 million uh, households watched at least five minutes of Justice League.
0: Thank you for digging that number up, Pat. So with that being said, 1.8 watched it open in weekend. Mm-hmm. At least. At least. So however that generates for HBO Max moving forward, I think that they have to really take a look at the numbers and say, okay, does this make sense of what the direction we want to go in? I think if they sit there and try letting this go away,
2: they've caved to a fan base before. Well, I think the other thing you got to think of, too, is would Zack Snyder want to come back? Because let's face it. Oh, I think he does. Let's face it, to, to borrow a saying from my father, he's been raked over the rake, – raked, R-A-K-E-D – over the coals twice with Batman v Superman and just the nonsense with that, and having to go, oh, f- all right, fine, we'll do an extended cut, and then the nonsense with Justice League. Would he? Would he want to? After all the nonsense and BS and fighting that he had to do to get this out, would he want to come? Dude, back? he
1: almost quit this. Uh, the story came out on Yahoo today that uh, they told him to cut. The, uh, the Green Lantern scene, either it was either out of the bonus scene,
0: the John Stewart they were gonna have in this,
1: yeah, and he almost quit over that. So I mean, he he's definitely. I think I think he comes back, Ken. I agree with you, but I think he only comes back if he's given full anonymity and 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 direction of where this goes. That, Justice
2: League Two eight hour cut in coming.
0: That's what I'm talking about. That not he is gonna come back, but he basically has Warner Brothers in the palm of his hands. I mean, does he though? Because here's the thing, <laughs> if, if he walked away, like, hypothetically saying he has a meeting with Kevin Feige next week, and he gets announced that he's going to get a
2: Marvel property. Say, there is love between those two folks.
0: Yeah. Would it be out of the realm of thought to think that Warner Brothers, after seeing the numbers they had with Justice League, and you know the fan base has already been going ballistic with hashtag Verse, mm-hmm. would they let him go and take that PR hit?
2: Uh, not coming this fall from visionary director Zack Snyder Howard the Duck yeah they don't because oh they
1: no because they don't give a <laughs> shit it, they don't care See, like they and they don't need to because at the end of the day they're still going to count dollars
0: you well, know what I well, mean they're still going to count dollars but do you think that now that they finally have a, a win over Marvel per se per se that they are gonna try going back to their their original method. See, I think that they're gonna look at those dollar signs. Snyder has already hinted that basically leaked out what he was planning on doing for second and third movie. Yeah, right. Yeah. What's to say that they're he's not gonna say, okay, Warner Brothers, do you want me back? Here's my list of demands. He Take would, it or leave he would, it.
2: He would have to do that. I don't see him going over to Marvel just because. I don't see him going He's there a either. great director, but just for the style they do, and the style he does. You know, it's it's not even apples and oranges. It's it's apples and Pepsi or Coke. It, it's two entirely different oh, things oh. that I don't think his just the way he does things and his style. I don't think it would match with Marvel.
0: Marvel would have to do a, a a hard R movie, and I know they didn't want to do that.
1: I don't. I don't oh, know. No, they'll they'll do
2: it, but in certain instances. I right.
1: I think that given the right. Uh, characters and story you know like if he does because he he needs it's got to be something big like he's have, not going to just do a uh you know a, a one-off like if he did the next you know actual avenger movie that would be fair
0: i'd sign up for that see i don't think he would i don't no. think he would do that to be no. honest with you no he i could. don't think he would i'm just saying like no, he no. could oh no he'd <laughs> no, he, he, do well, yes, very well so he, he could yes, but he could. I, yeah right now he's got so much positive momentum behind him after this right
2: well the next thing i think he's got coming out is a zombie movie with batista yep. for netflix yes he does yep so if he has the
0: hot hand rolling can warner brothers really afford to sit back and let him go and not carry this momentum forward see that's the question that i gotta watch here because if they decide to go and restart the Snyderverse, okay I still think they're going to do multiple movies, and I think this is all going to stem out of Flashpoint. That I think Flashpoint is going to establish the multiverse.
2: So they might have finally
0: learned. Yeah, they might have finally said, okay, we can do different stories with different characters and different actors, and this will work. But I think if they let this ball drop, that I think the next DC movie that comes out... Might experience some backlash. From it. I think. I think the backlash. Like I think. Well, I view this. That'd
2: be uh, Suicide Squad later this year. Yeah, right.
1: I view the Snyder films as not or Snyder film fans. The ones that pushed and died on this hill, you know, to get this released. I view them as AEW fans.
3: Oh yeah. No. You absolutely. You know, like they
1: are hardcore to the to the bone. Will you know lay on the sword to get something for their you know director that they love. Release No different than what AEW fans do for theirs to the point where it turns people off. And I think Warner Brothers sees that and a la WWE and aren't worried about that group. They're worried about the group that are going to spend dollars going to the film films, taking their kids, taking their families and doing that stuff. They're not going to cater to that group. They're going to cater to the one that's the larger audience, which is the that group.
0: I agree with you. I think they're going to, but it's almost going to be very hard for them to ignore no, not, it another, will. the base. See, that's the problem, that I don't know how they're going to be reacting to this. See, if I'm sitting there in the theater, or the head honcho office at Warner Brothers, I see the numbers that came back from this. Right. Can I afford to let that money walk out the door? Yes and no. If I feel that what we have lined up is going to carry that through, sure. But... Can I afford to take that hit? I guess
1: I'm just l- say, less. Do you, do
2: you want to take another, let's just say, for instance, they go down that road again. Let's just say it, it bombs again. Yeah. Do you want to take that PR hit of, hey, you were in charge of the, st- the studio that screwed up, you know, one of the most popular comic franchises of all time twice.
1: I just, I'm less optimistic. I just view it as they are, they they're not going to do it from the sense of they just don't want to.
0: And they don't have to. Well, that's the question that we're going to have to watch moving forward because this is ultimately going to be the legacy of the Snyderverse. Right. That they came back, they released a movie that fans were at least more happy with. If not ecstatic about, sure, because I know that some fans have really said this was a waste of my time. I know that some have said this was just mildly better, you know. But the people that said that were already critical of Batman versus Superman
2: and Man of Steel,
1: yeah. Like, those are though, they're you're not going to satisfy those people. Like, I the way that I viewed it is if you didn't like those two films, you're not going to like this one, period.
2: Uh, according to RottenTomatoes.com, uh, with 25,000 plus. Uh, audience rating has a audience rating score of 96 percent uh and on the critics score uh with 248 reviews listed it has a critics uh score of 73 percent,
0: which i believe is up from 40 from the last one if i'm not mistaken give take dude
1: the last one was like that's when the
0: rotten tomatoes things was like why do you always hate on dc films yeah this is the where the legacy like i said it it is going to be defined Because now, all eyes are on Warner Brothers for what the next move is. Zack Snyder has been smart because he's leaked out basically what he's going to do for the sequel. Oh, yeah. And and that's not unintentional. That is not. Hell
1: no. That's why he did it this with the first one, Uh too.
0: So that's why I say he's definitely making one last play for this. Win, lose, or draw. The question now is going to be with... Warner Brothers, what's next?
2: Less slow motion, please.
0: Oh, yeah, because, Pat, you know about that. 10%,
2: I think? Yeah, so according to an article from IGN, uh, some mathematician, statistician, you know, was bored and figured out how much percent of the movie is in slow motion. Uh, So uh, they they came up with a total of 24 minutes and 7 seconds, or 1,447 seconds of slow motion, which equates to 10% of the movie. It's absolutely wild stat. And that was one of my greats with the movie, too. Like, I get slow motion. It's cool in certain instances. Like, when Barry was running back time, you know, made sense. But I feel like he used it a little too much.
0: They might have, but this is where the legacy lies. Because now Zack Snyder has delivered his image. Did it live up to expectation? Did it not? Final thoughts from the panel about the movie starting with Pat? Uh,
2: Good movie. You know, definitely enjoyed it a lot more than the initial cut i got to let it digest still a little bit just because I watched it not even a week ago. I've only watched it the one time. I'm still kind of like, it's four hours. It's a lot lot. to digest and kind of stew over. And there's even still some stuff that I'm thinking about that I'm like, I'm I'm kind of going back and forth on. So where it ultimately ranks for me, yeah, to be determined. Okay. Coach? I
1: I walked away from it uh, happy, watched it twice, we will probably watch it a third time uh i thought it. W- i mean it's not flawless you know like i i i i'm fi- having a tough time describing my you know like what i actually thought of it was because i thought it was a fantastic film that portrayed a superheroes in a way that the dc ne- dc universe should be portrayed in that these are uh extraordinary you know godlike beings with problems and They portrayed that in this movie, and I really hope that we get another one because I would love to see where this
2: was going to go. I'm also not mad I saw it. The hype behind this was real.
0: I thought Zack Snyder delivered a great movie. I really did. I thought for where he took the story of Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, and the rest of the Justice League into their big shining moment, delivered on a lot of fronts. I thought that they did a great job establishing Darkseid. Ray Porter, who played him, I thought did a great job from what little we saw of him, but you, you got the big threat feel that he should have been Oh,
2: my in. God, I marked out at the end when you saw Granny.
0: Oh, Granny Goodness, yeah. Oh,
2: what, I, I, I was like, oh, it's Granny.
0: Yes, which now gives me more hype for the Ava DuVernay movie that Tom King is writing. Oh, yeah, that's right. Because, yep. because a lot of people have already forgotten about that, but that is still coming in in production last I knew. And for where the story goes now for Ben Affleck, Henry Cavill, Gail Godot, Ray Fisher, uh, Ezra Miller, Jason Momoa, is anybody's guess. We do know that there's going to be another Wonder Woman movie at some point. Uh-huh. We do know Aquaman 2 is... Supposed
2: to be filming? It's, I don't think it's started yet, though. I think, it was suppo- I think it was supposed to be filming now, but I don't think it's
0: started Right. Yet. It's supposed to be, and then we kind of wait to go from there. And obviously, All Eyes are going to be focused on Flashpoint, along with Black Adam when it comes out by Dwayne The Rock Johnson. And Shazam 2. I got news on that for one-shots. Ooh, so definitely stay tuned for that. But for where Zack Snyder's legacy is, it appeased the fan base. It definitely delivered if you were a fan of this universe. If you were never a fan of this universe, you're not going to like this movie. And for four hours, it's a lot to digest. Could I think they could have knocked it down to three? Yeah, in my opinion. Still shorter than Return of the King extended edition. Exactly. But for fans of this universe, you got your money's worth. You got a lot better film with better CGI better fights, and better story. So really, you won in the end. So you got to be happy about that. And now all eyes are on Warner Brothers moving forward. Do you bring back the Snyderverse? Do you not? And where do we go from here with our DC heroes? That's a question I pose to you, ODPH Society. So hit us up on those hashtags. Let us know what you think. Zack Snyder's Justice League. What do you think? We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back.
2: I'm Rob. I'm Nick. And I'm Joe. I love it. I think it's kind of meh. And I've never seen it. We're keeping up with the Cardassians. A podcast covering seven seasons of Star Trek Deep Space Nine. But that's not it. We go down the wormhole.
0: Of pop culture, life, and Garrick.
2: New episodes every Monday.
0: On your favorite podcasting platforms. You can also interact with the show on Twitter at Pod.
2: And just like the Ferengi, we can't wait to stroke your lobes.
0: Coming back for another segment on this edition of the ODPH Podcast. In time to recap... The other big event of this weekend. Uh-huh. Debuting on Disney Plus, we
2: finally got the start of the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Now the most watched premiere uh, for a new show on Disney Plus in their short history. Yeah, till my ducks comes out in two days. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I know. I saw the preview. I was like, wait, what? But no, we're talking hard. about the new addition to the MCU family. My most anticipated show coming out from the MCU this year. And we get finally got everything I was looking for, and then some. Yeah, the story of Sam Wilson and Bucky Barnes continues on. So we are going to be talking spoilers. So if you haven't seen the episode because you're watching the Snyder Cut, it's okay. Pause the episode right here because we are going to start deep diving into episode one titled "New World Order." In three, two, one. Pad. What did you think?
2: Uh, I absolutely love the episode. I'm. No, I'm probably not the only one, but I got some major Captain America, Winter Soldier vibes off of this movie. uh, And I cannot wait to see where they go from here. Coach?
1: Yeah, I mean, I definitely got a a lot of of, uh, them versus us type situation as far as being the superheroes versus government type uh, situation going on. Uh, A lot of shadiness, a lot of intricate, you know, moving pieces. There's going to be a lot of pawns. There's going to be a lot of things that we think are going to you know, be going this way, and it is not going to be that way. So it's going to be a very interesting season as
0: this goes along. F the U.S. agent. Needs more U.S. agent. Oh, you bite your tongue. We will get into that as we go on because now we jump in. The timeline is set 6 months after the events of Endgame or otherwise known as The Blip. Mm-hmm. Sam Wilson is back
2: working for the government. Yep, uh, I think a special contract so it's like a hired type of deal.
0: Yeah. Yes. And he is sent on a mission to track down a soldier that has been taken capture mm-hmm. by one Batrock the Leaper played by George, George Saint yeah. Yes, so he returning into the role from The Winter Soldier. Which he- I had no idea about, so that was
1: a really... I was like, oh, shit, JSP." Yeah. I,
0: I just wonder if he was impressed with the performance. Oh, my God, I was impressed by the performance, because we get the ground rolling real quick here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They establish Falcon in a crazy fight scene in a helicopter. Mm-hmm. Stuff is going off everywhere. They're fighting in... uh Illegal airspace. Well, well they're
2: fla- they're over Tunisia. Yes, which they're, they're it's all supposed to be hush hush. Treaties will get violated if the Tunisian government finds out they're there. So you go, oh, you got to uh, you know his his att- attaché, you know whoever tells Sam like, listen, we got to do this on the uh, down low. You know, don't let anybody know. He's like subtle. Got it. That gets, like, thrown out the window in, like, 30 seconds.
0: Oh, absolutely. And you do see this crazy fight scene going on with Batrock and Sam Wilson and, obviously. The planes and jumping out and
2: squirrel suits. Fly suits. Yeah. yeah it was nuts. It's, it was absolutely crazy. Trying to describe it is tough. I know they previewed it a lot in, like, the ads and the trailers that were released towards the end. They did not do that justice. No, they didn't.
0: No, they hid this so well. Then when you see Batrock flying in midair in his little jumpsuit there. Dude,
1: when he lands into the, the chopper, I was oh like, my God. T- I mean, two things ran through my mind. One, um, how is that even fucking possible? Comics. Because, Comics. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, the, the fucking propellers would blow you away in that suit. Like, no. All right. But still sick. Uh, and then, two, when Falcon uh, lands through with, like, two seconds left to go to get the American soldier back before they land in, I think it was Saudi Arabia, L- airspace, L- Libya, Libya, Libya. Uh, and grabs him, like, that was sick.
2: Oh, yeah. Yes. The, the, the one scene I just couldn't wrap my head around, like, I'm like how is this even possible? Like, you mentioned, Sam, fl- not just flying into the helicopter, but flying in there, landing, and sitting down in the seat. Perfect. Perfectly. Boom. When it's a real cramped space. Yeah. He's the
0: Falcon. I mean, mean, that's
2: fucking comics. Yeah. That's
0: that's how you got to just define it.
1: Suspend disbelief, guys. Yeah. All right. Like, it's a guy in a flying suit. I mean, I
2: I got the whole fly through the, the same compartment of another helicopter, grab the guy and get out. I'm like, all right, that I get. Like, that makes sense. But landing in the seat, god with damn. Fu-
1: he's got a fucking pr- a jetpack thing that he can detach and then talk to Bluetooth when it's three miles away yeah, in, Red uh, in Red Wing in airspace where there's a lot of noise going on because there's a chopper,
0: and it still hears him. We'll say,
1: sh- sh- right? i will say,
2: share that technology with the world because Bluetooth for us sucks. Yeah, it's stark tech. Far, right. Drown. Yeah, yeah I mean, we
0: got to remember. R.I.P. Rest in peace, Tony. R.I.P. But as to, uh, as we see, Sam does make the save. He does catch up with a soldier, Joaquin Torres. Yeah, who we do know from the comics mm. that is uh, in the Sam Wilson Captain America run. So he is going to be a character to keep it keep our eyes on. And he is catching up with Sam about what's going on obviously with Captain America. Yep. And obviously <laughs> everything being <laughs> on a spaceship. Uh, yeah, him be, yeah. R- that was r- a very
2: that was a very interesting choice of words for a rumor. Yes. I, uh, I thought it was too. I was like, yeah, oh the captain space. Out of any rumor that he could have pulled out of his but you went with Caps in Space on the Moon. Yeah. Huh, when we know what's going on on the Moon right now.
0: Oh, yeah. It was, huh. it was brilliant. It all, it's all connected, it's MCU. But we do see that Torres is also talking about a group. That is gaining some momentum that they're keeping their eye on, yep. and that is the flag smashers. Yep, that they're having an app that's connecting them, and they're oh, basically. It was odd, but you know what? I do like geotechnology tech. for sure. There's yeah. definitely that kind of shit yeah. going on. Yeah, yeah, because we we know the character of Flag Smasher from the comics, and it's pretty much a generic '80s character. We do see how they've kind of modernized the group, and obviously the you know they're ones that want the world to go back to uh, how things were during the blip, and they're obviously being terrorists, and it's going to be something that Cap or Sam Wilson is going to have to watch moving forward. Mm-hmm. So they they did introduce them very well, I thought.
1: Yeah, I, oh, yeah. I mean, I thought like that's a very real idea, you yeah. Know, like them leaving symbols in locations where only the phone can pick up in order to. See what the next location will be for where you need to meet. Like I thought that was very, uh, f- very clever.
2: Mm-hmm. And I know I saw some people online going, "Why would a why would a group want to go back to the way things were during the blip?" Uh, folks, are you not aware of the online, uh, I guess, culture or movement? I guess you could say that is Thanos did nothing wrong. Yeah, like <laughs> people support that whole thing.
0: Yeah, it's a we- it's a weird thing. Yeah, oh, but, yeah, but it's something that is in the MCU, and yeah. we're all aware. of. So to see this group get established I thought was a good take on a character yeah. that is that is very generic, Mo- in and, my opinion. And modernized it. Yeah, and they modernized it, so I thought it was a great take on that character. So as we see, Sam does go back to America and he is turning in the shield of Captain America yep. to the Smithsonian for display. Because the one thing he keeps saying over and over, it just doesn't feel right. Yeah, he, he's not willing to accept the role of the mantle that Steve Rogers gave to him. The weight of it all. Yeah, which, I mean, is completely understandable in his character. We do have a great cameo by an old friend. Yeah. Don Cheadle resumes his role as Rhodey yep. and is trying to talk to him and is like, dude, what are you doing? Yeah. You, you are Captain America. And Sam just is really feeling the pressure of that role, which makes perfect sense because – Steve Rogers is a character in the MCU that is a image that gives a lot of people hope, and it's very intimidating to fill those shoes. Mm-hmm. And Sam is just having those self doubt moments, which I thought was a good play on the character, because to obviously see that he is human after all, and yet we see all these heroes doing heroic things and think nothing's wrong. Yeah, I thought it was a fresh take.
2: Yeah, and he's also trying to like downplay it and kind of brush it off a little bit, where you know. Just because uh, Rhodey brings that up and he brings it up and he goes, you know, oh, well, we need a Captain America. And Sam goes, listen, you know, he was gone for 70 years and the world did just fine without him. And Rhodey brings up, he goes, like, listen, the world then isn't what it is now.
0: Yeah. So I thought they, they did a really cool scene there. Sam gives up the shield. He goes to meet up with his sister. Yep. Which I thought was a cool thing that they were seeing that they have a, a fishing business in well, yeah. Louisiana. Yep. So, and we know that they've fallen on hard times, which I know the internet was running crazy about this. The Avengers don't get paid? Well, I mean, no. Yeah, like, I, you figure Stark is bankrolling everybody. You know, I saw that theory online. Like, I mean,
1: that would have been clever, you know, if he would have had them as employees. But, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I mean, they don't, it, come on, like... I just it was so weird because it's like,
2: how did Vision pay for the house? Yeah, you know, like I mean, how did they do anything that they did? Well, I mean, do 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 those folks forget the one sequence in what is it, Dark Knight, where the one mild manner? Wayne, Enterprise's worker, figures out where all the money is getting bankrolled into. Like, Stark's doing the same thing. Except yeah. he's probably more upfront about it because, well, the world knows he's Iron Man.
0: Yeah, it, it's, a, it's an interesting take that I know that everybody's running on the internet with. So it was very interesting to see that Sam has taken the time to start focusing on family and to flip the coin to Bucky Barnes and where we catch up to him. Yo, we knew we find out that he has been pardoned
2: for all his past crimes, mm-hmm. which is huge. I, I want to know how they negotiated that one because that's not a that's not a simple ask. <laughs> No, it's not, but I think with everything that happened with
0: the blip and yeah, and yeah. you never know what kind of deals might have been done with Captain
2: America. Before. Wakanda might have spoke up on his behalf with everything in common, maybe sent Shuri or somebody like, hey, listen, here's what we did to kind of uh, fix some of the stuff that was wrong.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's, there's some kind of political tie-in with this, but we do see that he is now responsible for going for therapy. Yeah. Which is interesting because now he's trying to make amends for everything he did. And he has a checklist. So he Took a,
2: book out, a page out of Arya Stark's book.
0: Yeah, I, I was absolutely dying about this scene. Because Sebastian Stan is playing this very flawlessly. Yeah, And he's really taken on how much mentally damaged he is. Yeah,
1: broken. A broken man.
0: Yeah, and he's a man that has no past. And he is really trying to establish himself in the world he is now. He has one friend. That that he knows is trying to hook him up on a on a blind date. Yeah, which is uh, we'll we say it was a fun moment for the show. Yeah, yeah. Because Bucky is completely
2: he's out of his um, el- he's uh, out of his element. Yeah, he's he's completely
1: uncomfortable. Because the, cause the girl
2: brings it up, she goes, "How old are you? 106? Yeah.
1: Well, you got to think about the levity of what's going on in the world. I mean, there has it's the blips over. You know, people are trying to assimilate back to life. Um, you know the. Westview situation isn't happening yet. Spider-Man's over in Europe, so, you know, that threat's handling over there. And, you know, there's not much going on in front of we need superheroes.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's something... So they're
1: lost, all of these
0: people. Well, you would think, but especially for Bucky, who his best friend is Steve Rogers, who right. we don't know his fate at this moment. Right. We're, we're presuming that he's maybe on the moon, maybe he's passed. We don't know because the last time we saw Steve Rogers, he was aged pr- properly to his correct age. Mm-hmm. So anything is fair game, but for Bucky, he's just trying to find his way in the world, and the one friend he's made that we know of, yeah. it turns out that it's a flashback sequence, and Bucky has killed yeah. his son. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: I mean, it's it's a literal fish out of water, but in this instance, it's not like, at least with, sand, with uh, Cap, he kind of assimilated to it, he still had his work, he had, he had Nick. He had Maria and all the folks at S.H.I.E.L.D. that he could work with. Sam, it's like, okay, or not Sam, uh, Bucky, it's like, okay, the one friend you knew and could, like, tell anything to is now who knows where, but you can't exactly call him up. We know Sam is trying to reach out to him because that's one thing that the therapist brings up is that, listen, Sam keeps trying to get a hold of you, but you're not returning any of his calls or messages. So he's a literal fish out of water, and especially with what he was programmed for and what he did is now no longer really a thing.
0: Right. And it's very cool to see that both of them essentially are broken too. Right. Oh, yeah. Like
1: Sam in a different way. Yeah. You know, like Sam's more of the, I was given this mantle and I'm not going to live up to it way. And then Bucky is the,
2: all I've ever known was, killing and mm-hmm. now i don't do that and sam's experiencing to a s- very smaller degree what happened with cap and bucky where they came out of they came out of ice and was like holy shit everything ever the whole bunch has changed whereas with sam it's like okay things are still relatively the same but my nephews who all were like babies when i last saw them are now all of a sudden a little bit older and they're running around and handfuls
0: yeah i thought anthony mackie played this role exceptional in yeah. this episode that obviously trying to establish life after the blip is not easy for everybody involved. And that's one thing
2: I like that they did with this because it felt like with the blip, they almost made it like a bit of a joke with Spider-Man Far From Home where it's like, oh, ha, ha, everyone's five five years older. or I'm, you know, five grades in school ahead of you and you're still back there. But this, it kind of added some weight to the situation. Like when uh, Sam and his sister went to the bank to try and secure a loan, to keep the family ship. And they're like, listen, it's not that easy. It's a lot of hoops to jump through. You all of a sudden have people coming back. At, like, it added some gravity to the situation instead of, an oh, shucks, everyone's back.
3: Yeah.
1: Well, the bank, like, the manager said, like, uh, you know, the five years of history and him like, well, I was kind of gone. Mm-hmm. And the guy going, well, and and Sam hit him back with, well, we qualify for HBC or whatever the hell yeah. the loan was. And the bank manager's like, you did, you did. under the law that was Five years, years ago, ago yeah. you know, and it's like, yeah, that's the gravity of what the blip caused was all these changes as far as, you
0: know, people in their everyday lives. Yeah, I mean, the world has moved on and they are still five years in the past. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's a fascinating thing when you really break it down to see. Yeah,
2: something I didn't think of.
0: Yeah, is it's something that I think they're really going to focus on for this episode. And Sam is still, he's trying to help out his family, but he's also getting informed about what happened to Agent Taurus. Oof.
2: Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And- Oh, yeah, well, and funny thing, too, with with Sam and the whole bang sequences, on the one hand, doesn't want to be kept, doesn't want their responsibility. But when it comes time to, you know, rubbing elbows and, oh, yeah, I'm an Avenger, ha- take advantage of that when he can. Oh, well, hell,
1: yeah. I mean, that's life, baby. Yeah, that's life, yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah. That's, ki- that's, kiss- that's politicians kissing babies yeah, and yeah, shaking yeah. hands and all that, man. If
0: he's got a chance to save his family, hell, yeah, he's name dropping. He's an Avenger. No question about that. But, but he calls he, him out to it, too, because he's like, yo, you just wanted a, a picture with me, and now you're going to tell me you can't prove me? Mm-hmm. I love that. That yeah. was a very good comeback. Like I said, Mackie absolutely yeah. crushed it in this in this episode. But as he's getting informed by Torres that he was, tr- Torres was trying to investigate the Flag Smashers. <laughs> well, they became the Face Smashers on his face.
3: Yeah. Ouch. They, ouch.
0: Because when he shows up, he notices they're trying to pull off a heist. And he tries joining him, and, dude, you're an idiot. Well, he's young and naive. I mean, this got uh, fully shown. Yeah. And he does get his ass whooped
2: oh. badly. We're talking Dude. like Brock Lesnar against Cena at SummerSlam. What? Dude, that face stomp, I was like, he's dead. Like, yeah, I thought he was I dead. Mean, <laughs> I legit <laughs> thought he was dead. This is before
1: I knew who he was, before I watched the little
0: Easter egg videos that I watched. I was like, yeah, he's, he's not going to turn into anything because he's dead. Yeah. And like I said, we did see – Aaron Kellerman's character, who we assume is the head of the Flag Smashers, Mm -hmm. give the rally speech and trying to get the followers to fall in line and obviously pull off the heist. And as Torres is trying to make an arrest, he is literally hit into a telephone pole or lighting pole. And I thought he broke his back.
2: Well, and that's after he tries blending in and he tries helping a person with the mask on and a cop points a gun in his face and he's like, he's in Switzerland speaking English, going, no, no, I'm, I'm not. I'm trying to help. And they're like, no, I don't care. I'm going to shoot you.
0: Right, until a very large individual absolutely, like I said, knocks him into the pole and then face stomps him and nearly kills him. I have heard some rumors online about, Mephisto, uh, isn't it? about who this is. No, it's, Mephisto. Not, it's not Mephisto. But did you both gentlemen hear about who it was supposed to be? No. no. Omega Red. Oh! Ooh. Now, oh! Now, I... I was pausing about this one, Ooh. because one, if I'm not mistaken, and I'm just gonna play devil's advocate, no pun intended, with everything here, he is still under the Fox deal when they were doing the show, or is that all properties from Fox came over to Marvel by the time they were producing the show?
2: They they would have had time. No, be, no be so, so be they be could be, definitely be in here. Uh, yeah, yeah, because yeah. okay.
0: they wouldn't have been able to do the Quicksilver thing for. Widow. Well I, well, I know that uh, WandaVision started after Falcon, so that was the only thing I wasn't sure about. Yeah, no. But I think, uh, I think uh, that, it's fair According game, to maybe. the
2: Wikipedia page, by September 2018, Marvel Studios was developing several limited series okay. for its parent company, Disney's streaming service, Disney+. Plus. Uh, no, they had it by then. See, I, I'm always kind of fuzzy about that. Well, so.
1: I mean, listen, they the, the ties to a potential sort of uh, X-Men or mutant reference in this show has been very heavily... Tease from the trip to that, uh, whatever country that's been associated to X Men throughout time.
0: That's Oganosha?
1: yeah, Oganosha. and then, um, something else. Oh, the flag smashers having you know, I don't want to say meta because that's DC, but like, uh, enhanced ability,
0: right? Well, I mean, it's been heavily, re- actually, Madripoor is the one we're talking about, the one that everybody's thinking, yeah, it's Madripoor. It, it could be, and this might be a, sl- a slow way to introduce. I mean, Omega Red, if you're not familiar with is a longtime X-Men villain.
1: Oh, well, specifically Wolverine. Yeah, yeah.
0: specifically Wolverine. Uh, kind of a little murky past, but it does tie into the Winter Soldier as well, too. So if they want to go that route, it's a very cool Easter egg. That Hell yeah, that would is. be sick. I yeah. didn't even think about Omega Red.
1: Dude, he was so badass in the X-Men comic or yeah. uh, the TV show when yeah. they
0: were doing that run with him and Wolverine for like 3 episodes.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: So that's the rumor I've been hearing online. And I'm until I see tentacles. Yeah, uh,
3: yeah,
1: I'm not believing shit. Yeah. I'm no. not I'm not manifesto this nothing.
2: Exactly. So but, the Disney Fox deal was completed March 20th of 2019. Uh, there's no firm like they started writing on this, uh, but according to the Wikipedia page for Falcon and Winter Soldier, a gentleman by the name of Derek Colsta joined the series writing team in July of 2019. Yeah, I'm not okay. So if 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 if, if they were to write in Omega Red. And it was happening in July. They'd have been fine. Okay. Now, yeah, that, see, I'm and e- a, and even in that instance, they could have like, oh, we'll plant. We know that the Fox deal is going to get done. We're just waiting on ink to dry and eyes to get dotted and teased across. We'll write it in later that it's Omega Red. But like, we're just kind of like with Peter with Peter Parker and Iron Man too. Like, oh, we'll just retcon this in later that that's who it was. Yeah, see,
0: I'm not believing shit.
2: Yeah, see, I'm just
0: not. Take it games. with a grain of salt. Yeah, yeah, that's why I said because uh, I, until I see tentacles or something in that variation. Like I hear his not name. I'm not saying
2: it is, but it could be.
0: But it's somebody that came across the wire, and I'm like, I can see that. But the only thing, like I say, I'm very fuzzy about when production started and when the rights came over. Like that that still is going to be a gray area for me probably till the end of the time. Either way, that is the rumor who it is. So we do know that the Flag Smashers have made their appearance. We didn't see Baron Zemo in this episode, nope. to my knowledge, unless he was in the background with the Flag Smashers, because I could see him working with them as well. Yeah. So the other other big moment of this show,
2: which... Your is, favorite moment of the show. Well,
0: yeah, because I am not a fan of this character. While Sam is sitting at home with his sister...
2: Trying to figure stuff
0: out. Yes, he turns on the TV. Well, gets, his sister tells him Or to. his sister tells him to turn on, and we see there is a government politician of mm-hmm. some sort that is saying how this world needs heroes and presents the new Captain America who is one U.S. agent, John Walker, played by Wyatt Russell.
2: Well, he just doesn't say that, just say that the world needs heroes. He says, you know, the world needs heroes, and we're very grateful for all the, that the heroes have done in the past, but we need a hero that is focused on America's interests and our interests and keeping our best interests at heart. We're, you know, Captain America embodies those interests.
0: See, I want to make this very clear for anybody that's tuning in for the first time. I have never been a fan of the U.S. agent from the comics I am not excited to see him on screen in any way, shape, or form. It's a lie. He cosplays as him on the weekly. I'm going to kick your ass as soon as this podcast is done. No, but I, but I do want to stress something. I know our friends at Comic Book Keepers were posting online, too, and I want to really stress this, too. Wyatt Russell is an actor. When this character starts rolling, don't take out your anger for the character on him. He's playing a role.
2: Mm-hmm. He, the character's meant to be a dick.
0: Yeah. The character is somebody that I guess I'll do a minor spoiler. In the comics, there is a long time story that happened in mid-'80s when Captain America's sales were done, and they wanted to really switch things up. And they had Cap, Steve Rogers, quit because the government wanted him to do more political things. And he always says the classic line, and I will paraphrase, I represent the ideals, I don't represent the government. So he left. So they got in or the Super Patriot, as he was, and basically he was a steroided, uh, via super powered up knucklehead that was completely not ready for the role, and did a lot of bad things until Steve Rogers basically came back and whooped the shit out of him to get the role back.
2: I'll say the the you know basically everything that Steve Rogers stood for, U.S. Agent is the exact opposite.
0: Exactly, like
2: John- on the, on the surface. You know, you know, peace, justice, in the American way. Mm-hmm. You know, carry, carry the flag, fight the good fight, protect the innocent, save the weak. He's got ulterior motives, though.
0: He Well, he does because he, he has a very <sighs> blinded version of American values. Yeah. To put it mildly. Yeah. And he's basically a yes man for the government, so if they tell him to jump, he says how high.
2: <laughs> and when.
0: Yeah, and it's, it's uh, like I say, when you grow up reading Steve Rogers... You, you know that that is Captain America. John Walker is not Captain America. Right. And I, I don't care how many interpretations of the comic we've seen him in. I am not a fan anytime I see him on page. I'm sorry. Yeah, but what it can lead to is so much. Well, the story is going to be interesting because now, without Steve Rogers involved, and right. there is no chance Chris Evans is coming back for this show. No. And, no. Sorry. Don't
1: you never say never.
0: I will say there's a 99% chance. I'll give you the one that he okay. does show up. Because, I mean, Jason Peters. Or Evan Peters. Evan I mean. Peters, yeah. yeah. No, like I say, I just don't see it happening. I know it's heavily rumored that Chris Evans was coming back. We haven't heard any official confirmation yet.
2: Like Feige shot that down and has said that he's not coming back, but... Take that for what it's yeah, worth. Yeah, exactly. Until
0: we actually see him not come back, I I, I take anything with grain of salt. But well, for this until show, until
2: he's dead, I'll believe he's
3: not.
0: Back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but for this show, no, I don't expect to see him, and I think they're going to no, change that no. the narrative of that classic uh, late Mark Grenwald story. That if you haven't read, uh, definitely go to your comic shop
2: and pick it up. If they do anything with him in this movie, they might do something like they did with Superman at the end of Shazam, where like you see the but like you see because like, they're not going to pay Chris Evans what it would his his normal prices for an appearance for like one scene.
0: Yeah, no, he, they're
2: not going to do that. They, if, if he shows up in this show, it would be like what they did with Superman and Shazam, where it's like, you see the torso and that's enough.
0: That's all you're going to see. I think if they want to even attempt bringing bring in Steve Rogers into the show, they don't need to, to tell that story. No, Sam Wilson can do it by himself. Bucky Barnes can do it by himself. In fact, Bucky Barnes could do it with one arm. Oh, he definitely could. I think there's a lot of different interpretations that can roll with this. It's going to be anybody's guess when they want to. But for what this episode did, it hit the ground running, established everything that I was looking for in the show. So I guess we'll say final thoughts on the episode.
2: Uh, Really great episode. I want to see more sequences with the therapist, though, especially I want to see him try and just discuss some of the things that have happened over the course of his time. Uh, Trying to see him explain the whole Wakanda fight scene where he picks up Rocket and starts spinning in a circle. Just seeing him try to explain that would be hilarious.
1: Coach? Yeah, I mean, I thought it was a good reintroduction to these guys and their assimilation back into What we now know is life in post blimp Marvel Universe. And I'm, you know, obviously excited to see where it's going to go. I mean, if it does anything like uh, WandaVision did, I'm going to be very excited.
2: Uh, I'm very happy. I also got to say, since uh, Falcon Winter Soldier, not Falcon Winter Soldier, uh, Captain America The Winter Soldier is like top three, top two, one of my favorite MCU films of all time, fluctuates based on the day. I, I love the Winter Soldier, you know, Cap 2 vibes from this show.
0: Absolutely. No, they captured a lot of the Ed Brubaker vibe from the comics. And that's one of my favorite runs of all, ca- all time with Captain America. Anthony Mack and he, Sebastian Stan did an amazing job reprising their roles. And we're definitely hooked on the story. I'm not really sure what's going to play out for everybody involved yet. But I am excited to see where it goes. The Flag Smasher character I've never cared for. But I do think the interpretation they're doing of it is going to be something interesting. If Omega Red's involved, I'm definitely down to see it. And uh, like I said before, F the U.S. agent because I can't stand John Walker. And I cannot wait to see him fall from grace and hopefully never come back to the MCU.
2: Just be sure to send every U.S. agent meme you can to Ken.
0: Oh, yeah, you know, because I'll just sit there and just be like, ah. But, like I say, nothing against Wyatt Russell. I think he's a good no. guy. I, I, I like Ru- Wyatt so he's Russell. And great.
2: Actor. He's great. I think he's in 22 Jump Street. He's fantastic.
0: Yeah, yeah. I like the actor. Don't get me wrong. I just hate the character he's playing. But, hey, that's why we critique the shows here, don't we? So definitely hit us up on those hashtags. Let us know what you thought about Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Episode 1, we definitely need to have that conversation. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back.
1: Hi, everyone. This is Mark, the DM for Stranger Damies. What is Stranger Damies, you ask? Well, we're just a bunch of first-time D&D players exploring the world of Tal'Dorei 30 years after the events of the Coma Conclave, which was made famous on Critical Role. Join us every week as we roll some dice, make some mistakes, but most importantly, we have fun. New episodes air every Wednesday at strangerdamies.podbean.com or on your favorite podcast streaming app. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe, and follow us on Twitter
0: and Instagram at StrangerDamies. And, is it Wednesday yet? Coming back for the final segment on this edition of the ODPH Podcast. Pad, why don't you kick us off with those one-shots?
2: Got a couple things to talk about. Uh, First of which is a re-release that I am very excited for uh, coming this spring back to theaters. Check your local listings if your theaters are open and if it will be showing in your area. Uh, But there is a uh, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World is getting a re-release with a new
0: Dolby
2: Dolby Cinema cut coming this spring. Uh, So this according to an article from Deadline, quote, Edgar Wright announced today on his social media handles that his 2010 cult feature *Scott Pilgrim vs. the World* will be getting a re-release on April 30th with a new Dolby Cinema cut. The movie will be reimagined in Dolby Vision and Dolby Atmos uh, will pl- will play exclusively at Dolby Cinema locations. Uh, the movie was based on Brian Lee O'Malley graphic novels set in snowy Toronto. Uh, you know, so g- great film. If it's going to be playing in your area, I highly recommend you check it out. It is a
0: great movie yeah i haven't seen scott pilgrim in forever
2: last i knew it was on netflix yeah might be there it's still might not be i I I haven't
0: watched it it for
2: eons Um, yeah i watched it uh about maybe about six months seven months ago with my girlfriend because she had never seen it liz has never seen it she's she's seen it now okay but at the time she we were looking for you know it was a friday night saturday night looking for something to watch well what's scott pilgrim's world i'm like oh this is a fantastic movie I go, it's based off of a graphic novel, but it's not like superhero based. I go, here's the premise. She goes, all right, let's watch it love the movie it's a fantastic movie a lot of great people and uh, a lot of great scenes so like i said check your local listings, see if it's playing in your area because it's definitely something worth uh, checking out
0: yeah definitely definitely go check yeah. it out a uh,
2: couple casting news uh while well, teased a little bit of this uh in the first segment but in regards to shazam 2 i'll get to the one that broke a couple days ago uh but it was announced that helen mirren yes that helen mirren has been cast in shazam 2 uh she will be playing the villain hespera uh, so, and according to, uh, the article from IGN quote Academy award-winning actress, Helen Mirren has joined the cast of Shazam fury of the gods as the villain Hespera, the Hollywood reporter says Mirren will join, uh, Rachel Zegler in the Shazam sequel as sisters who quote both may or may not be of ill intent. Zachary, uh, Levi will reprise his role as the adult version of Billy Batson who gained superpowers after inciting an ancient incantation. Uh, so that big get for that film—that's huge. Yeah. Uh, also big get. This just breaking. Hey, for once, news is breaking as we record. Uh, they got a—they got another big casting for Shazam too. Uh, Pierce Brosnan's joining uh, Black Adam, Doctor Fate.
0: That's freaking insane.
2: Holy sugar cookies.
0: Need okay. to do that.
1: Yeah, he hasn't even done. I mean, he's been pretty quiet on Pierce Brosnan front for some years now. He, he's, so. done, yeah.
2: he's done some stuff, but nothing this big. Yeah, you know, the only thing that comes to mind was he did the what was it, the Mamma Mia sequel or whatever it was. Like, but outside that, nothing really huge. Right. No, but the, I mean, for that film
0: too, especially establishing the JSA, mm-hmm. you need to come with some big names on it. Pierce Brosnan is Doctor. F- I can, I fully see that. I mean, they've been crushing it with the castings, like I said, yeah. Miriam on
2: Shazam and this one, <laughs> yeah. A couple comic picks for you this week. Uh, out from Marvel this week, Alien, number one, issue number one. Yes, that alien, you know, the Ridley Scott films, uh, written by Philip Kennedy Johnson, who's also doing the Superman uh, comics these days. So definitely give that a check. Uh, Amazing Spider-Man, uh, issue number 62. New costume debuts. Kingpin makes it personal with Peter Parker in New York City itself. Will pay the price. Another fuse lit more than 30 issues ago. Reaches its explosive destinations less than... Nick Spencer's still writing, so it's going to be batshit insane, and I'm here for it. Uh, also out this week, and definitely give it. A, uh, you should definitely give it a read. Uh, Detective Comics issue 1034, great read, especially yep. especially the pit at the end with uh, Damian Wayne and Talia. Yo,
0: yeah, I tell you what, Paddy, you had my picks locked in, man. Excellent job with those. Thank you. Yeah, so if you want to find out more going on, I guess if I can throw one more in, Teen Titans Academy. Oh, yeah, one. Red X is there. Yeah, so you'll definitely figure it out. So definitely head on to your local comic book shops. Go support them, and definitely check out your local indie podcast. So obviously, shout-out to our guy Brian Wayne over Cheers the Comics. Wednesday, pull List, last comic shop, Comic Book Keepers. I can keep going on and on, but we have Podchaser lists for that. So you definitely just hit us up. We'll send you the right direction. That being said, Coach, what you got? I've got uh, – I got. I think I'm
1: hitting a triple here. I've got uh, the Superman and Lois episode. Oh. Uh, Break it down
0: for us. Yeah. We are uh, talking spoilers. Yeah. Right? Uh,
1: well, I'll try and keep it as quick and brief as I can. Uh, you know, the boys uh, were destined – or not destined. They were kind of doing their own thing with a big event going on in Smallville. Mm-hmm. Um, Supes, you know, came out and was a heavy hitter in this episode as we found now that there are other – Beings that are being created by um, one Mr. Edge.
0: Uh That was such a wild scene, too. Yeah, Yeah. so we
1: don't exactly know what they're doing or why they're doing it, but I mean, there is
2: more of them. So there's more to it than appears on the surface, and you got to listen to what they say. In specifically one of the scenes But there's a little bit of a hint I think it's to what's going on
0: Yep Absolutely Yeah they've definitely Teased it enough uh, Like I said uh, Tyler Hogan, What can you say about him Other than 10 pounds 10 pounds Yeah That's all I can say
1: Especially after watching The Snyder Cut Yeah I was
2: like 10 pounds Yeah but I I do love listen, the listen. There was no, there was no goatee that they had to CGI <laughs> that we know of. Yeah, yeah done done done. True.
0: But no, I, I do love the the flashbacks because obviously he's dealing with a lot of what's going on with his son Jonathan mm-hmm. and yeah. his his teen angst. I mean yeah. it's, it's stuff that you can relate. Well, Jonathan on. having a difficult time
1: moving from the big town, being the star yeah. quarterback, now going to this uh, you know smaller rural area where he's not as popular, yeah. and uh, you know breakup. that shock of reality. Yeah, with his first high school breakup, you know that shock and and awe of. You you know life you know finally hitting him when everything was so peachy before
0: yeah no i i thought it was a strong episode too yeah
1: especially uh, a good one to leave out with now not coming back till may 15th i believe is the date I think it's Four- 16th yeah it's one of the it's it's a teen Um, that's when, uh, Superman Lois will be back taking a brief hiatus, uh, due to filming pauses from COVID. So, um, you know, obviously 18th, 18th. 18th. Okay. So we'll have to wait for the second half of the season on May 18th, which is not, crazy far away, but no. they were gaining some momentum, so it was definitely tough to have that end. Best DC
2: TV show going. Fight me on that one. Facts. no. Facts.
0: I, I have to agree with you about this one. I, I would say, Coach, how would you grade the first six episodes thus far? Uh, I would definitely give it an A-. minus.
1: Yeah. yeah. I mean, I yeah. I mean, honestly, I thought all the characters have been trained uh, very well by their actors. I think the story has been fluid and not bogged down by the idea that Superman is the key character of this show so there needs to be action but the action sequences have been there and and heavy um and there's been you know the urgency that we talk about that's needed with superhero shows so and uh the lex story finally had a payoff yeah now we know why hit what he's there for why he's doing it wild twist absolutely heard that and did a double take i was like wait, wait wait what so yeah that's going to be very interesting to see how that's plays along as the uh, season goes Um, and just yeah it's been a really good season so far
2: yeah no and I I gotta say I'm enjoying kind of the breath of the family aspect of it uh, to it because having watched you know probably at this point I combined like 20 plus seasons of some of these shows they got heavy on on the hero aspect and of the duty and the responsibility in this. And yeah, they had some family stuff sprinkled in, Flash, Arrow, mm-hmm. you know, but it always, in Supergirl, but it always felt like, oh, hey, yeah, there's family aspect of it sprinkled in, but like it still ties into what's going on with the overall story and the overall like villain. This, it's like, okay, it's kind of tying in with the main story, but it's still a, a breath and a step away. Well,
1: like he's fighting uh, two battles on two different yeah, fronts, yeah. which is, I mean, three battles on three fronts because he's got his wife who also has needs and you know uh who also has uh her own thing going on with her own situation, you've mm-hmm. got the boys and their lives, and he's got him and his role in Smallville and him being Superman, so it's like he literally is putting himself into these three impossible situations that he has to have answers for yeah. her, and I think that's great it makes for good TV it oh, does
0: yeah. it does they borrow a lot I think from uh, Black Lightning's first season too, because that yes. one's yeah. very yeah. family or- yes. oriented too so yes like I say I-, I love this show thus far man it's been such a nice surprise hit like not that we were I was kind of a little skeptical of it but you never know when trying to do Superman on the small screen mm-hmm. ever you never know it, yeah it's always a crapshoot so yeah. this one's paying off right now so definitely excited to see you come back and then Supergirl next week next so week yeah definitely have to check that one out
1: uh, I'm on Hit am on uh, my second base here. The PLL entry draft is tomorrow, so everybody playing at home, take your shot, talking lacrosse. Uh, hey! They are uh, announcing the entry-level draft, so this is going to be uh, players who weren't previously in the league that have been out from college. Now, uh, able to enter the PLL. So, obviously, with the Major League Lacrosse merger, quotes, uh, (laughs) they will be able to absorb a lot of their players. And now, this is where you're going to see a lot of names like Lyle Thompson um, and, you know, a lot of other Alex Woodley. So, a lot of great other players that were in the MLL now come over to the PLL to add excitement, add fresh flavors. uh, And the Boston Cannons sit with the number one pick. Which, uh, you know, for you lacrosse people out there, know that it's going to be Lyle Thompson. And if it's not, we will ride. <laughs> so I'm um, very excited for that. That's going to be tomorrow night at 7. Uh, it will be on the Twitter Spaces, unfortunately. Okay. Um, I mean, that's an interesting move. PLL always likes to be the quote unquote brand in the. That's like
0: the Twitter clubhouse thing, right? Yeah. Something yeah. like okay. that. Yeah so, yeah. yeah.
1: so, like, you just join and then you your little avatar pops up. It's basically like if you join somebody on a Instagram feed, you know, okay. live stream. So, that's what they're going to be doing there. So, uh, they're always, you know, or 730, I'm sorry. So, they're always, you know, aggressive with it. Um, So it'll be interesting to see there. And then, oh, I I think I'm going to hit a home run because now the Giants, uh, my third move here, the Giants uh, just power players in free agency right now. Uh, Galladay and Adoree Jackson uh, coming from Tennessee out of nowhere, making the uh, New England Patriots move seem like child's play, baby. I'm waiting on Pat on this one. I got
2: 156-plus million reasons why you're wrong.
1: Yeah, well, you also got a Cam Newton, so I'll, I'll raise you Kyle Rudolph. Um, I'll raise you,
2: Danny Dimes.
1: Well, well that's fine. <laughs> Danny Dimes is gonna be an MVP throwing a Galladay this year. Um, Whoa. Wow! So it'll be very, it'll be very. That's wow. if they can keep him up right. <laughs> yeah. No, it would be very interesting season. The Giants making moves with. I mean, I don't know how they were able to do this in free agency because they were up against the cap number. So a lot of guys have reconfigured deals. Uh, I'm very excited. I didn't think that they were gonna land Galladay, and I definitely did not think they were gonna get Jackson after they got Galladay. So. Power moves by the Giants.
2: They probably they probably borrowed at least a little bit of what New England was doing because I was reading to Ken kind of off air last mm-hmm. week some of the numbers of just like what they signed for and this and that. But then, oh yeah they but restructured. then what, well not even the guys restructured yeah. but the guys they signed and what it counted against the cap that like I remember reading to the Ken there were like four or five guys that New England had signed that equaled like twenty four or something million dollars against the cap whereas Jared Goff was like $27, twenty seven twenty
1: eight yeah no they pushed a lot of money to next year mm-hmm. which was a move and then uh, Blake Martinez and. I can't remember who the second player was Uh, I think it might have been Bradbury Turned their money into uh, Not um, Bonus Bonus money, uh, yeah. yeah uh, roster signing, bonus money. So um, that was uh, moved, so they were able to free up some cash to sign these extra players. And then lastly, the NBA trade deadline is mañana, baby. Wow, wow, wow. So a lot of names being associated to a lot of teams. Kyle Lowry's name is being shopped out there. Uh, Norman Powell uh, is being shopped Ooh. out there. Lonzo Ball is being shopped out mm-hmm. there, and has been associated to the Knicks. Yeah. Oh, uh, Ken. I'm not. Ken, I'm not. Yes. I'm, Listen, I know that that brings Ball Senior, but Lonzo in a Knicks uniform, I'm, I promise you, will be a win. Uh, J.J. Redick has also been associated in that trade. I'd rather take J.J. Listen, especially when you talk about the fact that you know you don't know what these Dallas picks are going to be. So if they move one, and not both, but if they move one and they give up like a Reggie Bullock block or, you know, uh, uh pff- the other one of the other, uh, Alfred Payton. You know, if they get rid of one of those guys uh, and they bring in Alonzo Ball and JJ Redick with that young core of of RJ, who's emerging as a goddamn superstar. So suck on that, Mister. He's not going to amount to anything. He's only twenty fucking years old. Let's think about that. 20 years old reach on that coach Randall is playing like an MVP right now Yo, they have to resign him they, they don't to. have a fucking choice and it breaks my heart in a way because like I kept thinking 2022 2022 but nope that money is going to Randall they don't have a choice that dude is money literally I watched him hit two pull-up threes out of nowhere last night against the Washington Wizards damn Duke can ball, so him, Lonzo Ball, J.J. Redick, R.J. Barrett, Mitchell Robinson, quickly off the bench, Derek Rose off the bench. Give me some of that right in the old vein, baby, because that's what I want. That's my New York Knicks. I love it.
0: I tell you what, trust. Forget
1: trust the process. It's 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 now or never. <laughs> and I'm diving back in. I don't even care. You know what? This team with that move will be above 500. And they'll get in the playoffs, and if I'm a team, I don't want to fuck with them in a playoff series because Tom Thibodeau's defense will bottleneck you.
0: Thibodeau and Rose, man. That's, That's my law firm. Yeah. Because you know what? They are doing the moves.
1: Yeah, they are. I love it. Yeah. I I'm I'm very excited. So uh and obviously some other names are being associated in some trade deadlines. I know the seventy sixers are very active right now. A lot of rumors out of Boston. Yeah, a lot of wild a rumors. A lot of rumors out of Boston what they're gonna do. Prazingis' name has been thrown around again. <laughs> ha ha ha, Dallas. Um, so that will be interesting. I know Golden State has called and acquired uh, about what it would take to get Porzingis out of there. So, I mean, I just hope that it's not a dud trade deadline like last year and the year before. I hope that we have some active movement with some players being moved because that's, I mean, that's the most exciting part of the NBA.
3: Yeah.
0: We'll definitely have to watch, and I know you'll be going hard on Twitter about that, so we'll definitely be retweeting I mean, I'll be,
1: I mean, listen, I remember the Porzingis trade to this day, my reaction. So, yeah, I mean, I'll definitely be refreshing, refreshing, refreshing. Woj is already on alert. So if if, if Wojnowski sends a tweet out, I'm getting the update on my phone. And I'm ready to go.
0: Yeah, so definitely stay tuned to the ODPH social media accounts, and you know we'll definitely be commenting about that when it comes up. So for my bases uh, I'll go through some quick uh, comic news stuff uh, on for the DC shows uh, Ruby Rose has been re- uh, no longer part of Batwoman obviously yep. Wallace Day is now yep. resuming the role of Kate Kane on the show so if, if you've been watching the show I've been hearing good things about it I've, I've fallen behind on it but I've been hearing good things about the show so definitely interesting move to recast but I know my I know my wife was very critical of the red the uh, red uh,
1: wig. She's like, why such a big wig? You know, like, and I go, I
0: don't know. They've done yeah. that in the comics. I mean, yeah, yeah, that's it's a it's a comics thing. Because so.
2: in the comics, isn't she like short, like military cut red hair? It's been a couple different
0: variations. Yeah. So, yeah. but in the comics, she goes for the red wig. Like that's the character of Kate it's Kane. So, yeah, it's what she does. So. I'm
1: about to get my son's reaction to the Snyder Cut too because he's watching it right now.
0: <laughs> oh, okay, oh boy. <laughs> uh, also on the on the streaming news, uh, uh kind of a quieter move, but this. This one definitely caught my attention. Keanu Reeves has had a Kickstarter comic come Ooh. out under Boom Studios. Okay. Uh, we t- I've talked about this a little bit on a couple different blogs. Uh, it's titled Berserker. Uh, it's got a really kind of crazy spelling, and it's basically like he's an unstoppable killing machine. Well, this comic has now been picked up by Netflix. Dude, for being such a peaceful guy, he's
1: fucking angry on yeah. the inside man yeah he's,
0: he's got a lot of stuff he's working through <laughs> allegedly like, you
1: don't just play you know uh, neo in the matrix and then do the john wick shit and now write this comic and just not and and talk about all you know like i love everybody and peace on earth and then,
2: like fuck well, man. And Ed, well and the character he plays in cyberpunk's a real piece of shit too yeah, yeah. there but, you go but,
0: but to quote the ign article the series follows a protagonist named b an immortal demigod who spent eight 80,000 years honing his skills as a killer. In the present, he works as an Jeez. agent for the U.S. government, hoping to uncover the truth of his existence to find a way to end his unnaturally long Jesus life. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Test,
2: test his skills, have him kill a dog, see
0: what happens. Yeah, the, I'm telling you, like the comic is crazy, but it's a fun read, though. But the show got picked, like I said, the book got picked up by Netflix, so it's going to have a Makes live sense. action, which Reeves is starring in, and an anime series Ooh. as well. So something to keep in tune for. On Netflix for that. And this weekend, I know we talked a lot about, obviously, Snyder Cut. We've talked about Falcon and Winter Soldier. On Amazon Prime, this weekend is going to be the debut of the Invincible comic. Now, it's an animated series. But if you know anything about Invincible, uh, Robert Kirkman's superhero story of... The gentleman known as Mark Grayson, who I will just, like, once again talk about IGN here, uh, is your, your average ordinary teenager. He's a comic geek trying to make his way through school, and he just happens to be the son of Omni-Man, the most powerful superhero on the planet. And it just goes right into his life. Uh, this one, if you've never read the comic, the comic is crazy, but it is definitely not your average teenage superhero story. no. Uh, it's going to be coming out uh, three episodes this weekend, and then it goes right into episodic after that. It's going to be a great show to pick up. If you want some comic uh, show with an edge to it, Invincible is your book. And if, you, like I said, if you haven't read the comic, it's definitely worthwhile going to pick up at the shops. So I give it a very high recommendation. And, like I say, trying to put it mildly, like I said, IGN put it a lot better than I could about this, but is something definitely to check out, and I'll definitely be talking about that and hopefully next week. I've got to fit a couple other things in the schedule as well. So, that being said, going to sports very quickly. UFC 260 is this weekend. A lot of card shuffling, but I think the main event is definitely worth talking about. Stipe Miocic is defending the heavyweight title against Francis Ngannou. Uh-huh. Panel,
2: who are we taking? What you got? Oh, God. <laughs> Oh, someone's losing a soul. That's all I know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Steve Miocic champion, twenty three matches, twenty and three record. Uh, Francis Ngannou, eighteen matches, fifteen and three record. Uh, both of the. I'll just keep it real simple. Both of these guys have double digit wins by knockout.
1: Yeah, I. Um, it's tough because I, Ngannou is just such a, a specimen. He's a freaking yeah. nature. You know, I mean, I've been watching. You know, he's got a vlog a, a vlog out, and I've been watching that, and. Um, I've been watching Embedded as I usually do and you know, Mio comes off as just such an average, regular, everyday guy, and it's so cool to see him still working a full time job. Yeah, you know, a just firefighter like in Ohio. Yeah, just like all you know, all of us doing our nine to fives and then still training the level that he is and still being able to be the the talent and dominated force that he is of the heavyweight division of the UFC. That's incredible. And then on the flip side of it, you know, here's Nganu, who is this talented, um, just monster, who you know really reinvented himself as far as the UFC game goes. Um, and and it'll be very interesting fight. I mean, he's in Vegas right now training. He's got personal chef. He's got UFC giving him his macros as far as his meal planning. So like he's working with sports scientists. Miocic is over here eating pasta and and meatballs that his wife's cooking. So yeah. it's like I'm I kind of pulling for Miocic in that sense of being the everyday man. But I mean, I'm just gonna lean Stipe. Eh?
2: I'm I'm gonna lean in Ganu if for no other reason than this. His last four fights, uh, first round knockout twenty seconds in. Uh, then it was a first round not TKO. Uh, so another knockout one minute and eleven seconds into the first round. Uh, third fight prior to this one. Uh, knockout 26 seconds into the first round uh, and then the fourth fight prior to this one coming place this weekend uh tk on so another knockout 45 seconds into the first round his longest career fight in the ufc for a belt uh was uh where when he lost to Stepe miocic that was the first fight back at ufc 220 in 2018 then it was uh his second longest fight in the ufc was a uh, three round went to full life decision lost against Derek Lewis in July of 2018. After that, he has his longest fight was a one minute and 11 seconds in.
0: Let me break it down like this Miosic beat him the first time, and he beat him by wrestling him. Ngannou is afraid of nobody, and I think that that loss was the loss that he needed to get focused on where his biggest area of weakness is. Ngannou has arguably the most power f- per punch in all of the UFC. Maybe Derek Lewis is one who rivals him. I'd like to see that actually like officially measured.
2: Yeah. Like, it, like with one of those punching bag machines.
0: It's got to be up there. Ngannou, we have nicknamed the Soul Taker. i got to give the shout-out to Rich from 3FN for that because if you've ever seen him knock out Alistair Overeem, you physically see a soul leave a man's body. I'm not exaggerating about this. So this being all into play, I'm saying and new. Miosic is no slouch, and I give him all the credit in the world. I think he's an absolutely fantastic fighter. He's been champion for quite a while. He's had some epic runs. But I just think Ngannou's on a different level right now, that if he can stop a takedown, Miosic is in trouble. And if I'm Ngannou, that's the only thing I've been working on since this fight got signed. Is takedown defense. Because if Miosic gets him to the ground, it's a whole different ball game. Has Nganu learned a ground game? I don't know. I've never seen it. So this is going to be an X factor that we're going to have to watch. But I think what Nganu is going to do is he's going to wait for that takedown. And if he can clip Miosic coming in, it's lights out. It's end new. No brainer on this one. Do I think it's going to end in the first round? No. I think this goes to at least the third possibly longer it just depends on how much Miosic is going to be able to withstand those punches but eventually that soul's got to just have its fill and then it's done so that's like i say i'm going to take that for nganu we're going to be live streaming our reactions to it on twitch.tv slash 67 podcast this weekend the card has been getting shuffled around a lot so we're not breaking down everything on there but trust me saturday night we will have lots to talk about on this one and to close out this episode of the ODPH, got to talk a little wrestling. Wrestling. Mm. Wrestling. We're going
2: to party like it's Starcade 83.
0: Yes, because we are now in the fast lane to WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. See what I did there? Uh, WWE had their Fastlane pay-per-view this past Sunday, their first one on the Peacock Network. I did not have the best experience with Peacock. Pad did. Yeah, no, yeah. speak for yourself. I had a great experience. Yeah. Well, I didn't have... Any experience. No, but I, th- <laughs> I thought they were smart by running it on Peacock. Yeah, pursuit. you
1: had to. You had to yeah. because, my God, the fallout that can come if WrestleMania is a botch is
2: not good. <laughs> well, 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 let's face it, if WrestleMania comes in the stream isn't the best, it's not anything we're not used to with the network.
3: Yeah. I yeah, see. but
1: I mean, with the way that the network had been, you know, really starting to uh, fix itself and work in an efficient level mm-hmm. for now us to regress back to the early days of the network. I mean, fans will revolt. Yes. like they'll lose their shit. You know, especially the ones that are already teetering on the. You know, I don't know if I really
0: love WWE like I used to. Fans. I mean, they'll that will give them every reason to jump ship. Absolutely. So this one, though, I just want to kind of touch upon a couple matches. So Pat, I'll read them off to you. You give us the
2: or who won? Drew McIntyre versus Sheamus. Uh, that would be uh, Drew McIntyre, and this was a no holds bar match, and goddamn.
0: Yeah, this was hard-hitting as all could be. Kind of a very easy one to figure out because Drew is going to be fighting for the world title at WrestleMania. There was no way he was taking the L beforehand. Nope. But they did kick the crap out of each other. So this was living up to all the hype. Had no issue with this. No. Uh, like I said, pretty simple with that. Next up
2: was Alexa Bliss versus Randy Orton. Uh, Alexa Bliss defeated Randy Orton, but with some help, and the fiend returned finally. He looked like the Toxic Avenger. Yeah, he looked real weird. He looked like he already looked creepy as all hell before, but now it's even creepier. Now it's even weirder.
1: Yeah, I saw the images and I was like, "All right, now this is just going to become a a, uh, a doll, a figurine." character you know like just hey look at all the different looks that he and suits that he has so you can buy the new action figure this would be great yeah. for him
2: if they were still making the 2k video game
0: yeah so who knows what they're gonna wind up doing uh moving forward we do know that randy is going to be taking on the fiend at wrestlemania prediction uh-huh. is gonna be a firefly funhouse match probably this one like pat touched upon uh, alexa won but can you really even call this yeah. a
2: match i could listen if it's a firefly funhouse match and it doesn't involve uh Bray, the Fiend breaking into Randy's house. What are we even doing here? Yeah, yeah, Randy
1: Orton's tweet though after the match of my wife's not too fond of Alexa Bliss, though, for the finish with her. Yes. You know, oh. Straddling uh,
2: for those of you, yeah, yeah, Alexa was straddling uh, Randy for the pen. Right,
1: right over the top of the, the groin yeah, region. Yeah. Uh, that was that's classic Randy. There, that was, there, yeah. there, was,
2: there was a few people on Twitter who said, listen, if there's anybody who won Fast Lane, it's Randy Orton.
0: Yeah, I, I'm not even going to that one. The pictures are on line so you can make your own judgments with that one and the main event though yeah uh, i have to say definitely lived up to the billing yeah roman reigns
2: defending the wwe championship against the universal championship. oh
0: universal championship against yeah. one daniel bryan
2: yeah with a uh, special guest enforcer edge uh so roman retained although not without some shenanigans and chicanery uh you, of course enforces the at the ringside you know the ref's gonna get knocked out at some point ref got knocked out Edge came in, played ref to do his duties as his guest enforcer, started calling the match, and, of course, you knew uh, whatever Uso brother it is, like Jay. Jay. Jay Uso came out, tried to use a chair, didn't work. Daniel started using the chair, uh, accidentally hit Edge with it. So Edge took took it as, oh, he meant to hit me. So then Edge attacked Dan- Daniel as Daniel had uh, Roman in, what was it, the yes lock Yeah, yeah, I'm in the yes lock He had him in the yes lock and Roman tapped. Uh, but because of the ref, nobody was there to kind of see it and call it. didn't count, so Mm -hmm. it appears Edge turned heel. Hard to say. Hold on, player. Yeah. Hold on, player, Uh, because I smell a a triple threat match. uh Uh-huh. Yeah, no, something tells me that uh, Daniel is going to get put into this main event uh, match at WrestleMania where it will be a triple threat. Now, this is not official. This is just kind of speculation. It will probably be a triple threat at WrestleMania for the Universal Championship.
0: Yeah, I'm kind of a little torn on this one because – I, I wouldn't be that mad if it was a triple threat, but I don't think it needs it. But I also saw one Pete Dunne tweeted out Danielson after this match, Ooh. and I know that Pete Dunne has been calling out for a best wrestler to face him in oh, NXT. Give me that match. So I mean, yeah, that would be great. It's so not happen. I never say never because end of I, his career. Yeah, you never know. Well, Daniel Bryan said he's slowly winding down. We know that NXT is going to be doing Stand in the Liver two nights yep, uh, for their pay-per-view yep. event. So, One on USA, the other night on Peacock. So that being said, if Daniel Bryan is involved in the triple threat at Mania, would he be also doing double duty to face Pete Dunne? I mean, it By would makes, it, yep. it would make
1: sense, though, to put him in that match as the guy kind of doing the most work because an Edge-Roman match, that's why I wasn't excited for it because it's like, who's going to be the worker, you yeah. know, in that match. And I think that's where if you do a triple threat match, you add Daniel Bryan and now you got your worker that, you know, can take the spots and do the bumps. And mm-hmm. then, uh, yeah. you know, you
0: can have the finish go however you want. Just you need a guy in there that can, you know, do the work. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. We haven't heard anything official. The only thing we do know that was announced officially was night one, Sasha Banks versus Bianca Belair will be – I'm assuming the main event, the co-main, is Bobby Lashley versus Drew McIntyre.
1: Well, they haven't said that yet. I think right. they just announced those three matches. But Sasha, People, they're pushing for it. Yeah, on Sasha the, Sasha's leading the, lead the charge. Yeah, and on Twitter, they're they're going hard. They're saying, you know, pushing for it. And so. I think it should be too. Yeah, yeah I think it. I think it should be too. Absolutely. Yeah. And
0: night two, Rhea Ripley is going to be facing Asuka for the women's title uh, from the Raw branch. And then it's going to be, as of right now, Roman versus Edge. So excited for that. I know that Charlotte had to, unfortunately, pull out because she is uh, dealing with COVID right now.
2: Uh, Or could be, if you believe, the tweet from Andrade. Uh, could be on the back end of it, and might be back in time. Who
1: knows? Yeah, she. Yeah, there was his, his follow up tweet um, that mm-hmm. she was going to be cleared. In a couple she days. should be cleared. Yeah, in a few.
0: In yeah, a few which days. I don't think they would add her to a triple threat. I. No, I don't. No, see I, don't that. I
1: don't see it now. Any. I mean, if it's going to be Rhea in this match, I think they leave it alone and let Rhea go and move Charlotte into something else.
0: Yeah, it's just a matter of waiting to see. And speaking of Andrade, he got his release from WWE. Yeah. yeah. So interesting to see where he goes. <sighs> New Japan. Forward. I hope. I yeah.
1: really. I honestly. I. Just don't want to see another WWE guy immediately show up on AEW. So it's it's TV. getting a little crowded over there. Uh, not only that, it's just WCW 2.0. Oh, I yeah. mean, here we go. You know, same but different, yeah, same, but still same, but still same. Yeah. Um. You know, like ex WWE guy getting released or fired, and where do they show up? AEW. You know, I mean, it's just oh god. You know, and then they just get buried in a bullshit gimmick where they're oh they're the best friend, but I'm not
0: just the best friend. But I am. Yeah. Uh, we need to see what happens because it depends if the rumor was he does not have a 90-day. Which was crazy. Yeah, I saw it too. So I know I was talking with Rich from 3FN about this as well. Rich and I talk a lot if nobody has figured this out by now. And Rich was alluding to that if he got his release with a no-compete uh, clause waived, then they have a deal worked out where he's going somewhere.
1: Yeah, my assumption would probably be somewhere where it's not direct competition. You know what I mean? So not an AEW-style no, situation. I, New, New Japan New Japan, Ring of Honor.
0: Because yep. if I'm not mistaken, Ring of Honor's 19th anniversary show is this week. And Something like
1: that. they yeah. have the know uh, Oh, God. Losin, Losin Ino, and nobody's in, who are just running wild right now. Yep. So that would make a lot of sense that maybe he comes in and either establish, tries to establish himself back in his leadership role that he had before, when he left, or he tries to... And their reign of terror on ROH.
0: Yeah, so it be something to watch moving forward But a lot of wrestling to go about. And uh, keep a good thought for Drake Maverick uh, if you're watching next. Hey, damn, you he got... We
1: go, gonna die. They <laughs> dropped this news on me when I walked in. And I was like, good Lord. Drake Maverick versus Walter.
0: Yeah.
3: Oh,
0: seriously, Drake.
1: Yes, chop city. I mean, literally, Walter It could chop
2: a hole through him if he wanted
0: to. Yeah, we're, I'm actually tuning in, and, in to watch thoughts that. Thoughts and
2: prayers with Drake Maverick's wife. Yeah,
0: so we're going to be watching that tonight as soon as we get done recording. So that all being said, though, the music you heard on this episode of the ODPH is out of Brian Wolf, who's back on Patreon streaming this Wednesday. Uh, so if you're not following him, definitely you want to start doing that. Pat, where do you go for that? OchoDuroParleyHour.com Right on. You go over to the music section, you check out him, you check out our good friends over at Shout the Robots, Tom Jolu, both of those bands actually are going to be on the Subterranea YouTube channel doing some uh, work, so definitely cool. stay tuned for that. Definitely excited to hear some music from those Amazing musicians. You also check out Floodlands, Yard Party, Second Suitor, all the great music here on the ODPH. Swing by the directory as well. You can check out friends of the show, organizational links, support and Black Lives Matter, all the pod groups we are in. Because frankly, if you're not in Pod Chaser with your group, you're not in a group. Sorry, just saying. So definitely shout out to the Apocalypse and shout out to the Innered Circle, and of course our friends over at 812 Productions, Rich, Ron, Mike C, and hashtag Big Natty Cool. Do not know if he's going to be in attendance for the UFC stream. But yeah, I'm anything. up in
1: the air too. I'm uh, my wife's my 11-year-old's got a karate tournament that's in
0: Connecticut. Tentatively looking to go, so it's tough. You'll have to wait and see, but yeah. you definitely want to swing by the stream on Saturday night. More information on that e122productions 8122productions.com or for everything that is the ODPH, simply put ocho com. That's all I got for this week. So for your coach, my coach, the coach, Coach Duffy. Good
2: night and good luck. For the one-only Padawan J. Fun fact, Giannis' nickname in uh, China is Letterbro because there are so many letters in his last name. <laughs> Amazing.
0: Pad with with the one-liners. I'm your host, Ken. Thank you, as always, for listening to the ODPH podcast, better known as the Ocho Dural Parlay Hour. See you next time.